Hello and welcome back to the Eventide Radio, a fan-made Destiny podcast where we have roundtable discussions about a variety of topics concerning the popular video game franchise. At its core, this show is about having in-depth discussions about the game from a variety of different perspectives. I'm your host, Rob, and with me are our co-hosts, uh, Robbie and Will. Well, sort of. We'll get into that in a minute. Uh, Scotty's out for the week, uh, so it'll be kind of an interesting podcast today. Uh, to preview our topics today, we will be discussing uh, the Agers Scepter. Is that how you pronounce it? The Catalyst. Um, we're going to have a, kind of a, an interesting discussion about raids, both from D1 and D2. Uh, and then last but not least, we are going to be having a discussion about trials. Um, there was a lot of information uh, that came out from this week's TWAB, um, but also uh, just kind of our thoughts about uh, how last week went, because we, uh, when we last recorded the podcast, uh, the weekend had just kind of started with trials. And so we were uh, not totally clear on how all the changes were going to pan out. Uh, so we're going to have a discussion about that. Uh, so that's kind of what we're going to be talking about this evening. Um, but I also kind of want to uh, kind of introduce the idea of how we're doing it. Uh, this week has just been kind of awful for our schedules. Uh, so we're trying to find interesting ways that we can all kind of record. Again, Scotty's out this week. Um, so we're going to start off the podcast with myself and Robbie. And then at some point, we're going to be joined by Will. And then Robbie is going to leave us. And then Will and I are going to end the podcast. So it'll be kind of this fun hodgepodge. Uh, and the discussion about raids is going to be kind of fun because uh, Robbie and I are going to be talking about Destiny 2 raids. And then Will and I are going to be talking about Destiny 1 raids um, because uh, Robbie is a little more versed and really only has played Destiny 2. Uh, and Will and I have uh, played a metric ton of raids from Destiny 1. So it'll be kind of a fun like baton pass. And we're going to try to fit the conversation of Trials right in the middle uh, where we have that little overlap of time. So uh, that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. Hopefully it'll go well. I'm sure it'll be kind of fun and awkward at times. Uh, so without further ado, uh, we're going to start the conversation by talking about uh, it is Agar's Scepter, right, Robbie? I, I'm not. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to start off by talking about Agar's Scepter. Uh, the Catalyst just came out this week, uh, and it is quite interesting. Uh, we've already seen some cool builds uh, that have kind of come from it. So it should be very, very interesting to see uh, in the future what more interesting builds come out. Uh, so I have not gotten the Catalyst yet. I only ran a handful uh, of the event this week uh, to get a shot at it. Apparently, some people have had really, really unlucky RNG. Um, I know there's a couple of YouTubers that said they made it to like 30 plus runs before they got the catalyst. And then there's other people that are getting it in two or three runs. So we have yet again another symptom of <laughs> RNG uh, having a sweet, sweet, uh, well, we'll just say bittersweet, uh, you know, kind of uh, perspective or, or experience with it. So, uh, I, Robbie, you have gotten the catalyst, correct? Yeah, and um, just you know, to to break the the numbers even, I got it on my first run. Did you really? Okay. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Sounds about right. So, um, and it's a pretty substantial amount of kills that you have to get in order to actually get the masterwork, correct? It's only five hundred, actually. Okay. And it goes by super quick because, you, you know, there's some weapons that have catalysts. Like I remember the Polaris Lance. You have to get kills with the explosions that you right. get by getting headshots. Okay, so that one takes a while. Like, yes. You know, there's ways to make it easier on you, but it takes a while. Um, there's others that also have, like, AOE effects, kind of like this one does, that will freeze the stuff around it. But it doesn't count those other kills as actual kills. This oh, one really? does. Yeah, okay. this one does. 
So basically, once you freeze, basically you kill one, all the stuff around it freezes, and then you shoot at something and everything shatters, and then there you go, you got 10 kills. Um, so it, it went super quick, incredibly fast to, to get it done, which I think it was kind of weird, because again, I expected something, I don't know, else. I just feel like the whole experience of getting the gun and finishing the catalyst and stuff was a bit underwhelming. And not because I wanted it to take longer or, or anything. I just feel like the, I got it on the first try, so it's sure. kind of unfair to, to say. Because, yeah, I've heard people who, um, well, two of the friends that I play with the most, one of them got it on the second run, and the other one got it on the ninth run. Jeez. So he was the one that was complaining, um, <laughs> as you can imagine. Right. But I, I still think that, like, you know, nine is not that bad. Like, I, I personally don't know anybody who had to do over 30 runs to get it. And I think if that's the case for you, just, like, don't don't bother. I mean, it's it's a nice gun. It does it does really well. And there's some crazy builds that, yeah, we can we can talk about those. And uh, it's it's fun. But, you know, it's not, it's not going to change your life, like, you're not going to take it into Master Nightfalls or Grandmasters or or other stuff. But literally, I I got the Catalyst, and then I we did one run of Vault of Glass. And then when I came out of that run of Vault of Glass, which I didn't use it for the whole thing, I was already at like over 60% of my needed kills with it. So, yeah. Wow, okay. It's okay, so it, it sounds like if you're just kind of passively using it, it's not overly aggressive uh in terms of like how proactive you need to be you can kind of just passively get it so that's actually and maybe this is a we'll save this conversation for another podcast because it might be kind of a deeper a deeper conversation what are your thoughts on kind of the process of exotic catalysts um and and kind of what i mean by that because it's a multi-part question so you brought up um you just brought up the name of the weapon and i'm totally blanking on it the 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 Polaris Lance. Yeah, Polaris Lance. Where that one had you had to get like perfect fifth explosion kills or something, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um and that was kind of tedious and a pain because some some enemies would die too quickly. Uh and other enemies like you would just barely eke out like not enough damage to kill them, so it didn't count. Uh and so it was kind of an annoying, tedious thing to get the the weapon catalyst on that. Uh and there are certainly other ones like I think um Oh, what is it? Let me pull up. I've got dim. I want to get the name correct and and some of the the information correct on these. Sunshot. That also had kind of a weird. That had a weird catalyst for it, uh, where it wasn't necessarily like straightforward uh, in terms of being able to get kills. Um, I will say I like. It's it's weird because we've had kind of a, a pretty broad spectrum of how you actually get like the masterwork for them. Some of them are very tedious, like Sunshot or. Uh, Polaris Lance and other ones are just straight get like 500 kills um, I and then you also have like interesting ones like Leviathan's Breath where um, what is the what is the requirement for this one you have to get you like to get, uh, yellow bar kills that's right yeah. The gun. yeah right right or you and could then, do runs of, of the, no but uh, that's to get the catalyst actually like you need to kill yellow bars for it to drop right right yeah. uh, and then to get to get it to level up faster, you can you do, do Rathborn hunts. Rathborn hunts, yeah, exactly. So that's kind of an interesting way uh, to to get the catalyst going. Um, 
and yeah, maybe we'll save this for another time because I think there's kind of a long discussion. I know that the kind of the punchline is more times than not, it just makes sense to load up uh, a Shattered Realm uh, dungeon or Shattered Shattered Throne. Wow, my it's been a long week for me. (laughs) Load up the Shattered Throne uh, activity and then just go to the Thrall way and then just farm it until you're done. Um, Do you think that so in this case you got it done pretty quickly because you were able to get like collateral kills pretty quickly and and easily with it and like you said after one uh vault of glass you were like halfway the done with it um but it seems like more times than not the punchline is just to load up the thrallway and then just you know grind it out in like 20 minutes yeah uh, I, I, I know some people do that but i actually find it like super counterproductive cuz like why are you going to go waste you know an hour or two of your time doing that while like, what I personally do, right, is like, okay, we, we ran a, a vault of glass because we, we have a friend who's in the same situation that, you know, all this time he's been doing three clears a week and hasn't got Vex yet. Right. So, we, we, you know, he wants to get it done and he wants to see if it drops. But then after that, I just played my other two characters through the story. So, basically, only one astral alignment and uh, basically one and a half Shadow Realms. Right. Because I needed the four champions for the... For the pinnacle drop, pinnacle, right? Right. Um, once I was done with that, my catalyst was was done. I just kept transferring to each other character. So basically, yeah, it's, it, it's like instead of wasting the time to one specific thing, I can knock out, you know, three, four, five things w- while I work on it. Especially if it's like lower end content where you're basically going to mow through everything that stands in front of you. So I feel like the way to go is just keep doing what you were going to do. Right. You know, you just play. Yeah, and you'll eventually have it done. And that that I I finally got the Telesto Catalyst to drop for me a couple weeks back, and I did exactly that, where I was like, I'm just gonna play around with the gun, um, and have fun with it and level it up that way. And and yeah, before you know it, you're you're done with it. That one I think only required 300 kills, where some of them do require like a little bit more of a hefty amount than that. Um, yeah. But it, it is it is kind of interesting. Um, I I don't know how I feel sometimes. It's like. Like so, the, I'll I'll say like the seasonal exotics, you know, the one that that basically comes out with the season pass, uh, and then you have to do like the actual quest to get the catalyst. With those ones, I kind of just wish that once you did the quest line, you were done with the catalyst because that kind of feels like it should be like a substitute for just having to sit there and grind out kills. Because uh, like some weapons, I like I spend all this time grinding the, the catalyst, and then I just don't end up finishing it because I'm so like burned out on using that weapon because I find myself right. using it along the way. Uh, and it, it's just, I, I don't know, like I said, maybe this is a conversation for another time where it's like... No, I mean, we can, fun, like, but... we can talk about it a little bit, but see, the point for me was that, and I don't know if you thought about this at all, but when we were doing those Shatter Realms, and you know how there's, like, those starry rocks, like, the, oh, the yeah. barrier things that now you break with the right. scepter? All right, so I, we were theorizing uh, before the gun actually came out that in order to... to to do those rocks, we would have to shoot them, which was what happened. So I was like, you know, surprised that we were actually right about that. Right. But our other theory was that kind of like how it was in Presage, um, that basically you could get the kills with it, and then you could break these things, and then maybe inside would be a chest, and that chest would give you some percentage of the catalyst, kind right. of like it did for the Dead Man's Tale, which... Not none of that happened, and I was super, super disappointed in the way that they played that out because there's nothing behind those rocks. 
I guess literally, you know, like a, not a skew, but one of those other things, the anchors, right? Right, right. There's an anchor that gives me 30 parallax, which is, okay, thank you very much. Uh, with this, like, magic scepter that was going to, you know, change Aldrin's life forever and stuff. And it, it's just, in right. the story scheme of things, it just feels so underwhelming. But then at the same time, it's such a great gun to, right. to destroy things with. Um, right. So I feel like, yeah, they didn't incorporate the, the catalyst at all into the story, which maybe they should have, because, you know, like it's supposed to be this super impressive magical power thing like darkness before we had, like, darkness weapons, right? Right. And uh, it doesn't feel at all like that. It just feels like another trace rifle, which that's that's the sad part about it. It has right. nothing to do with the story in a way. Um, but yeah, about I've... those catalysts, um, just to mention it, like, I, I feel that there's a few ways that I can tell about how they were managed. So there's the quest ones, like the Presage, which, you know, for someone that plays a lot like me, I had it done before the next week came out. So, right. like, getting the caches of, of catalyst completion meant nothing to me. Uh, and I think for most people, actually, because they would get it done before the last week came around. Right. Um, there are some that feel more like, okay, you have to master this gun. And I feel like the Polaris Lance is a good example because, like, you don't, like, it kind of forces you to understand how the gun works and, and, and you know, if it's going to get a kill or not. So you end up coming out of that catalyst uh, very burst on how to work, uh, how the gun actually works. So, so you actually become, let's say, like a little expert on the Polaris Lance once you're done. And then there's some that, like, uh, people complain about the Wither Horde or the Arena's Bow. There's, like, 400 completions of anything. Right. And that, and that, that one takes forever. Just, right. But that's just to unlock the catalyst. You don't even yeah, have exactly, to master exactly. it. Exactly. Right. But, but I feel like the problem with those is that I didn't play when that season came about. So right. I'm sure they had, like, these Omega Catalyst boosts. They did. That was, they like, did. four times. So basically you had to do only 50 activities or something like that. And now you have to do, like, this incredible amount of activities. But I think, like, those ones, for example, at least the Witherhort and the Arena's Bow, I completely agree that it feels like a rite of passage. Right. Like, once you get it done, it's like, okay, so now this is the actual gun. And, like, wow, you know? Right. Um, so they, they feel, like, nice once you get it done. This one didn't feel nice uh, at all getting it uh, but uh, we can talk about how it works once you yeah. have it which is uh, pretty interesting stuff right and i think that's like the more interesting thing yeah definitely that we should talk about is uh do you actually do you want to explain how it works like i, I don't want to like butcher the explanation since you've used it yeah um so once you have your super all the way up you can toggle it, you know, well, in controller is by pressing X. Right. Kind of like every other gun. And it immediately takes like 30% of your super away. And then the rest will go down as you get kills. Right. Uh, so it basically empowers the gun. It, it's like Mr. Freeze, you know, from from <laughs> from the Batman movie. Like you, you do feel like Arnold a little bit. Right. And you destroy things. And uh, I think that especially for... And again, this this gun like syncs very well when you're running stasis because all your aspects and all your fragments kind of work with it. Right. So you can get those little um, seekers that that you know go about after you get a few kills, and then you just freeze more things and you just keep destroying everything. So all that stuff worked with with the hunter. I've been having a lot of fun because it's kind of like headstone for me. Like once you freeze, you kill one thing, everything freezes, and then you just shatter dive into them, and everything's dead. 
Got it. So that's also like, you know, you find yourself ways to kind of save ammo, which has been always a thing now, because I did notice with this gun, like, you really do need to find the find, do you need to have the finder on? Because if not, you're going to have ammo drop for you. And usually those finders now work only when you're not using the gun, but when you're using your primary. Right. So, um, so yeah, like making, you know, creative ways using your stasis subclass to save you ammo is like, I think the way to play this gun instead of just like constantly using it. But then, for example, with the Warlock, right, which I think at least for really high-end content PvE, it's not like the hunter where you can just throw the super and help everybody with foxing lens. Like this one is not such an aggressive super. It's more like a defensive super on the warlock. Like you can freeze things and give yourself time to kill, you know, this guy first and then this other guy. And then, you know, we can control the room. But um, now you can actually use your super offensively right. by basically funneling your super through the gun and doing a ton more damage with it. So I, I feel that that's actually the play. I'm kind of glad because when, when there were a couple of leaks or something, and then actually Bungie talked about it, like the catalyst not working right when we didn't have the catalyst. Right. So they kind of confirmed what, what it would do. And I thought it was going to just activate on its own. I don't know why I thought that, but I, um, I'm just glad it's a toggle. The, the, the activation thing has been the confusing part for some people. Like, because it goes away when you stow it. Right. And some people tell it will also go away when you reload, but it doesn't, um, which actually makes sense. Sure. So a lot of people reload and then they think, okay, why is my super still going down? But yeah, you basically have to switch guns twice uh, in order for you to turn it off if you want to keep using your gun. And uh, there's some crazy builds with, uh, you know, the Warlock uh, chest piece, um, the Mantle okay. of Battle Harmony. Right. Uh, and there's some crazy new... We we got a new mod, actually, today for the Hunter that... You know those little shards that give you, like, grenade energy back? Right. On stage? Okay, so there's a new mod that gives you super energy back when you pick those up. So you pair that up with that one that makes them come to you, which is one of the reasons I didn't like Wells. And um, for high-end content, because sometimes you basically, you know, pin down at the entrance of a room or something. You have to clear a bunch of stuff before you can actually move forward. So that's why I thought, like, War Mind Cells and Charge with Lights were way better for GMs. Because it's not like you can just run around and pick up wells in the middle of a room. Right. But this one, it tracks kind of to you, and it works very nice. And then these shards now give you super energy back, so you can be on your Hunter... And using this gun, I'm funneling your super through it, uh, you know, and then you're getting your super back with all these shards that you're leaving around. So it just, you know, keeps feeding onto itself. And, and yeah, yeah, I think it's a, it's a really, really fun gun. And there's a lot of experimenting to do with it. Very cool. Yeah, no, I've, I've watched a couple YouTube videos and seen some pretty nasty uh, kind of like, if you have like Mantle of Battle Harmony up, you can just keep it up indefinitely. Or, you know, more or less indefinitely if you've got the right circumstances of ads. Uh, and I, if, I, if I remember correctly, it's like an 80% damage increase. Uh, it, when no. Is it more than that? No, I don't, I don't think it's that much. Is it is 80%? It that I, that's, I, again, it was like a video that I watched. So maybe it's it's not that much. But regardless, it's, I mean, it is substantial. I've seen how it, it can just completely melt certain enemies. Um, and it's it's pretty cool. Um, and it's it's kind of neat to see 
this is that whole like the when you when you look back at like what destiny was even like in destiny one or like early destiny two and we didn't really have the concept of like builds uh and just kind of seeing like this is like another tool in your tool belt to make a really interesting build where you're completely you're going all in on like a stasis subclass and and you know kind of that's like the main weapon that you're going to be using but the the kind of risk reward that you're getting from that seems really worth it at this point where you're not using your super anymore to just maybe take out like one or two enemies or like a small group of ads but you're instead kind of funneling it in a different way and then there's all these mods and and exotic pieces that can content can potentially kind of build around it it's just really neat to see kind of the 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 direction that they're taking the game in general and this is kind of one of those those elements um where it's like wow this is this is pretty clever and kind of neat to see uh how it kind of synergizes with the rest of the game uh so i'm excited to see if they kind of continue to make stuff like this uh i do agree with you that kind of from a lore and story perspective the actual like the implementation of it was kind of underwhelming um and i i do want to jump back to something uh, because you you brought up like the when you're doing the the presage mission with DMT and you could unlock those things and it would give you a little bit of of percentage progress. It was also the same thing with Ruinous Effigy when that came out. There were these eyes all over on multiple planets, and every one of those that you destroyed using Ruinous Effigy, so very similar to blasting away the the kind of barriers with the, mm-hmm. the scepter. Those actually did give percentage towards the catalyst. And I think if you, because there was like, I think 50 eyes scattered throughout the entire like solar system. If you got all 50, it would give you the catalyst completion, or I think pretty much close to, uh, but you could also get kills with it. So as you were kind of like going around and exploring, because some of them were in like lost sectors and just kind of random areas, as you were going around, you could get kills and kind of passively level it up. But you also wanted to get all these eyes because there was a triumph associated with it. So it's kind of like like DMT where you could where you could kind of double down on the rate at which you were building up that catalyst. And I think that that's that was kind of a cool way to do that. So like I, I agree with you kind of like, you know, from what I've seen that the the scepter catalyst is kind of underwhelming with respect to like, yeah, it should have been used to uh, you, you're, you should have gotten progress every time you blasted one of those doors, uh, which, by the way. Uh, it was bugged at the beginning of the week and yeah. no one was getting progress. And so they just like, they just did like, kind of a yeah. Yeah, silent patch just to give it to everyone, which is kind of cool. Um, so everyone should have that progress complete on there now, which is, which is good. So, yeah. um, yeah, to I, clarify, I think it yeah. is 80% if you get headshots. So oh, precision okay. damage will be 80%. Got it. Okay. Thank yeah. you for, for clarifying that. Yes. Um, and I, so after our podcast last week, I did manage to get the scepter. I, I completed the, the, the actual quest last weekend and, and got it. And I've been playing around with it and it's, it is, it is really, really fun. And the damage output on is like ridiculously high. Um, it kind of feels like, uh, Prometheus lens because also when you get final blows, like it just kind of replenishes ammo in the magazine. Uh, so it's kind of cool. Like you get like an ice version of Prometheus lens. Now that's how I kind of like look at it. And the aesthetic of the weapons really neat. So, um, yeah, it's definitely it's a fun exotic, and I'm glad that it exists in the game, and that it's another kind of build, and and it's like it's giving people a reason to play Behemoth again, and like the things that you can do with Revenant Hunter and with the Warlock, and and yeah, yeah. Battle uh, Mantle of Battle Harmony is really cool. So I'm excited to see kind of the direction um, that they you know with weapons like this, like keep keep making them because it's cool stuff. Yeah, and and two things by the way before uh, 
One is like when you're doing the catalyst and all these things I talk about of synchronizing really well, like shutter dive and all this stuff, don't do right. them because those ones don't count as no, that makes sense. Yeah. for the catalyst. Yeah, so just wait until you have it done. And um, the second one is actually um, maybe a bit of a shameless plug or whatever, but I did get the ornament for it when it came out. Right. And I put a video showcase on it on my YouTube channel. And it's been my most viewed video so far for Destiny 2. And it's been all but terrible comments. And obviously not about my video, but just like people saying how bad it is that they're selling this ornament that looks worse than the base gun, makes it oh. look less, you know, interesting because it hides the crystal in it. It's just another, you know, basically not even an ornament, but a shader, kind of like the Vex, just turns it into like silverish. Yeah. And uh, so I, I got a lot of feedback from that video comment section. And everything bad, honestly. Uh, I guess the most I could see that wasn't like terrible was like, well, if, whenever it comes out for Bridos, I'll pick it up, but I'm not paying for it. So yeah, and that that's also one thing I'm a bit disappointed about because you know they could have done so many cool things with that ornament, you know, make it even more crazy looking or or special or something. But instead, it just makes it look more plain. Yeah. Well, I think that's kind of cool though because it's a little more like of a like a simplified kind of, we'll say, dumbed down version of it a little bit. So um, I I could see people thinking that it's stupid and, and all of that. But at the same time, it's like, eh, it's just another look of the gun. Um, but that's interesting that you got a lot of like, we'll say, uh, toxic comments in your... It's not toxic. That's the thing. Like people just complaining about that. There's this trend of these ornaments for the exotics that have come out lately where they're just recolored. And because uh, there's some okay. ornaments where it really changed how the gun looks, yeah, you know, or has a theme to it. Like there's right. some that look like scorn, or you know, these kind of things. And I feel right. like this one um, deserved a, a little bit. I, I'm sure there's gonna come up with like another one eventually, and I mean, we'll see. Eververse. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's uh, another conversation for another day. Actually, you've inspired me. I think I think maybe someday we'll have a conversation about exotic weapon ornaments uh, and armor ornaments. Because, yeah, some of them... Well, you brought up the Scorn one, because I know um, Armamentarium for the, the Titan, there's a oh, really yeah. cool that Scorn. That looks nice. Yeah, yeah, where it's got, like, the Scorn-type, like, kind of uh, potato masher-looking grenades yeah. um, that are, are pretty neat-looking. And, uh, yeah, so... Yeah, maybe we'll maybe we'll have to save that for another conversation. And but, especially yeah. with with now, like people going so deep into into transmog, and right. uh, I mean, even Bungie came out with the fashion uh, magazine, which is oh, yeah. like right on point because right now is Milano Fashion Week. So I, I guess like they're kind of informed. Even the color palette that they used, you know, me being a, an actual fashion photographer, I can tell you that whoever did that knows what they're doing um, with the colors and everything. So. Uh, there's a lot of people that are getting these ornaments or everything. Like even the Vex one, I've heard people. I've heard people like my hunter's all white, so I wanted the gun to match my hunter. So I, you know, even if the ornament, meh, I rather have the silver one than the than the golden one because it matches my style. And so right. I feel like like even now, like the gun ornaments are getting to become a part of, of your actual transmog. You know? Like, oh, absolutely. And that's also a fun part of the game. Um, we'll, we'll see uh, if if they keep coming up with some of these ones. There's some real cool ones that that have been added uh, lately in the past couple of seasons. Yeah. I know you don't, you know, 
indulge yourself as much as I do into into ornaments and stuff. But like even for example, and I think you mentioned sunshot, but like one of my free Eververse engrams that I got like this week was an ornament for the for the sunshot. Mm. And it was one that I like if if you would ask me, I didn't have one for the sunshot. But if you would ask me buy one of like the three or four that are available, this would be the one I wouldn't buy. But now that I got it and I get to see it in first person, I actually think I, I really, really like it. Which one and is it? It's the one that's called the Red Dwarf. So it has like this little bulky part on the bottom that kind of oh, looks yeah. like a mini grenade launcher. So when you look at it from the side, it's like, wow, it's, it looks weird because the sunshine is so thin in, in the front and it looks so right. sleek, right? But actually, when you have it in your hand, it looks so thin that it kind of looks a bit weird. But this one makes it thick, so it looks more like an actual handgun. So on Got first it. person, it looks amazing. But on, on third person, it looks kind of like meh once you see it on the on the display. And uh, I, I really like it now. And it's funny because like, I got the thing and it made me realize, oh, I haven't used my sunshot in a while. So I took it out to put on the ornament that I just got for free. And then I ended up playing the whole day with the sunshot. Mm, nice. Yeah, it's funny. I actually have Red Dwarf equipped on my Sunshot right now, so I I, I do like that ornament. It's pretty cool. Um, yeah, no, I I think I think we'll we'll have a conversation sometime about exotic ornaments because I think there's yeah there's, there's some good and some bad, and I think we could we could go down a rabbit hole on that. So, um, but uh, yeah, so so yeah, punchline is Agar Scepter is uh, pretty awesome, and uh, you know I I always like more more build options and more kind of like just things that we can do to make the game more interesting. And I do I do actually really like the idea of um having having a weapon that makes you kind of compromise using your super, which interesting enough man uh mantle of battle harmony kind of already did that where you got that increased damage and at the cost of, you know, not really using your super. Um and so I I think that it's awesome that they do stuff like that where it's kind of a again like a risk reward. Uh, kind of thing, but then it's like, well, you do so much like egregious damage that it's kind of maybe okay to sacrifice, um, using you not using your super in kind of the traditional sense just to get a kill. Yeah. Um, and it actually inspires uh, or makes me kind of think of there was an exotic weapon in Destiny One that was a warlock exclusive, and I'm trying to find that uh, called Talalok. Um, and it was the same thing where uh, once you got your super. The rate of fire on the scout rifle went up, but it didn't drop in damage. So your time to kill was like absurd. Um, and so you could be like a beast in PvP, um, but you weren't able to. I mean, you were discouraged from using your super. So it's kind of this like benefit trade off. So I like when they do stuff like that, where it's like, OK, well, I'm not using my super in the traditional sense, but mm -hmm. I get some kind of alternate benefit for it. So it's kind of neat again oh, to wow. see to see stuff like that. So. I'm all for it. I think it's cool. Can't wait it to get it. It was called Tlaloc, really. Yeah, T. Uh, yeah, was that? I, I know what that means. You know? Do you know what that means? No, please enlighten me. It's the Aztec or Mexica, I guess, if you want to be like correct. Uh, God of uh, rain and thunder. Ah, okay. Well, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, pantheon of gods of Aztec religion. You're totally right. And yeah, it is spelled that way. So it's T L A L O C. Yeah. Um, it was. And it's cool too. Now it's funny you say that because it's like if it's a god of thunder, because uh, it one of the weapon perks on it is called Eye of, or it's Eye of the Storm, which is the same as it is in D two. Um, but then yeah, so the the main perk is called Overflow, which is this weapon has better handling, rate of fire, and stability while the wielder's super is charged. 
Uh, okay. And it, and it was definitely pretty beastly. Um, and it was it was pretty cool. So that's kind of funny that 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 kind of is associated with that. It also came out during the Taken King, uh, which is when um, when the Stormcaller got introduced in D one for for Warlock. So it's also kind of oh, appropriate. So it all right, it yeah. all kind of me- it makes sense. Intense. Yeah, yeah. I've I've never Googled that, and now I uh, now I feel like I've learned something. So thank you, Robbie. And I just uh, down here, people say that all the time. You know, like plot looks coming, like before oh, the really? storm begins. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Okay, cool. <laughs> but cool. Uh, I expect to see this gun just jumping back into it. Like lately, we've been like we run masters, uh, nightfalls, and stuff. And I think after a lot of time, people realize like you don't need three people on anti barrier and three people on, on you know on overload champions all the time. So right. I feel like uh, once that they give us the um, focusing lens again, it's been like a good idea to actually have someone on a gun like this. Because it's like, okay, so now, you know, and it's cool because actually I didn't expect this, but only one of the runs that I've had while helping people do their 100k and stuff this week uh, for Master Nightfall, only one guy uh, was running Anarchy. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Only one guy was running Anarchy. So, like, only once I saw Anarchy the, the whole time I was helping people. And uh, I think this one is super fun because, you know, you can be on stasis and help everybody else with their damage. Right. But then you can also do your own damage uh, with this gun and then still have a bow for overload or, you know, another rifle because that, that kind of balances it out because it's like, okay, yeah, the, the Lemon Arc is great uh, for overloads, but you need three people on, on overload. And, uh, you know, you can actually, I think there's going to be really fun ways to use these on really, really high end content once it, it comes around. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm curious. Like I said, there's some videos that I watched and it's like, you definitely don't want to have every single person on the team running one. Like, it seems like you get more than enough kind of damage output from one individual sort of like, you know, and and like you're saying, if, if you've got a good coordinated team, yeah, not everyone needs to have all the mods. Uh, the champion mods on to like get through it you just have to be kind of strategic so yeah yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it kind of fits in in high-end content and i suspect that it will have some utility in certain places uh and it it will be interesting to see when yeah i think so especially i mean besides that clear because you're empowering your your other two guys with focusing lens on because you, you don't even have to have your grenade up or your melee up or your super up on, on a room. You can just literally attack them with this gun. And right. then the other people can throw their grenades and stuff at them. And then, they're you know, to um, so shoot it at the yellow bar and then let the other guys, you know, mow it down with some grenades. Like, I think the possibilities of this thing are great, especially because of focusing lens. Right. Right. Yeah, no, and, and again, more more kind of mods and, and kind of theory crafting and builds that, that sort yeah. of support all that. So it's interesting to see how this all will kind of pan out. So yeah, very exciting. Uh, do you have any last thoughts you want to talk about on it? Um, I don't know. I think I actually even went <laughs> too long on, on my thoughts on it. But uh, no, I just, I like it. I, I'm having fun with it. Um, it's just another trace rifle, but it's really, really good. I that's the thing. I I just compared to Prometheus lens or some other ones that like even Ruinous Effigy is super fun to use. You know, right? But like you use it for a while and okay, whatever. And then you you remember about it and you pull it out of your of your vault at some point and have some fun with it. But I think this one has the most utility that I've seen on a trace rifle besides divinity. Yeah, I would agree with that. 
the other ones are kind of fun, although like um, Cold Heart had kind of a place in terms of being able to damage Callus during like Destiny 2 year one. Um, so at one point they had signed of sort of, you know, their their fun in the sun and Prometheus lens was broken for like a weekend and and some other stuff. But yeah, I, I agree kind of in the current state of, of where we are in the game that uh, yeah, besides Divinity, that this feels like another kind of like useful tool that you can use for certain activities. So cool. All right. So uh, with that, we will shift gears and uh, something we're going to kind of talk about uh, in, in two parts during this podcast is uh, it, it inspired me yesterday when Will and I, we were running a uh, vault of glass and we had Scotty with us and a couple of their buddies. Uh, and we just started talking about like vault of glass and kind of where it sits in the, the ranking of all the raids. Um, and so we thought we'd maybe talk about it and have a conversation about it. Uh, and Robbie, since you haven't played Destiny 1, uh, we figured we'll kind of break up the segment and you and I can have a conversation about our favorite Destiny 2 raid uh, and why. And it could be for any reason. Uh, it could just be because it's your first one and you have most fond memories uh, or you just think one's better because of like mechanics. So uh, what is your favorite Destiny 2 raid? Uh, Last Wish. Last Wish. Okay, the why? Because of the story, because of the aesthetics, because of the level of involvement that every person has to have uh i did okay i gotta admit i've only done riven legit one time okay <laughs> so I, I wanted to see how it was and uh i asked some people and they helped me through it and it was it was insanely long and i understand why people don't do it uh if you don't have to and i also kind of understand why bungie never fixed it right um because yeah, in a way, like you still have to do things, and you still have to have a, like a huge DPS check and this and that. Uh, but the the you know even the system of the wishes is like something I haven't seen in in other raids, and the whole story about how how people went about to find these wishes because I've seen some like in you know in real life. I know some of them were outside the raid. Uh, I think some of them were in Mars, maybe that I've never played in Mars. Um, there's like these plates, right, that you can find with that has the wishes. And there was one that was in the cutscene that someone found. Right. All these things. And I guess we're still, you know, looking for the last wish. And right. uh, 15 wish, 15 season, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, oh. I just think that this one has, like, I don't know. It really, like, as a, as a, as a player, when I was new and I, I played the raids, this one really has like something special to it in terms of how the player going through it tells a story in comparison to others. Like I feel like DSC sometimes feels more like a task. Yeah. Like a literal puzzle, you know? Like, oh here's this Rubik's Cube and mm -hmm. and, and you know, and so you guys one can be blue and one can be red and one can be yellow and just solve it. <laughs> and, and this other one has like all these things and it's fun to to play with different groups of people and like realize that everybody has like these weird call outs for the names of the birds and the dragons and the fish right. and <laughs> and it's also fun to teach uh i really like teaching that one raid because i think again like the way you go through it it really gets people involved uh, right. And you feel so rewarded once, you know, you, you finish a fight. Okay. That's cool. 
Uh, I will ask you then, was it the first raid that you played? No, no, my okay. first raid was uh, Deep Stone Crypt, yep. Okay, okay, that's valid. Uh, do you think, so having played Deep Stone Crypt, which is probably arguably pretty low in the complexity of, like, mechanics when it comes to kind of teaching someone to raid, is that a, is that a fair assessment now that you've played quite a few of the raids? Yeah, I think Deepstone Crypt is one of the ones where I can literally just tell someone just kill ads. Right. Okay. For all the raid except for the last boss, when you're like, okay, you now have to carry a ball. Right. And then <laughs> kill ads. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but you can go through the most of it just killing ads, uh, right. and on the other ones, you you cannot do that. Yep. Do you think then? Uh, do you think Last Wish kind of sits up? relatively high in terms of complexity because like you like you just listed off like all the different symbols that you have to use to to identify like oh this is you know backwards fish or infinite loop snake you know and and bird on tree facing right and all that stuff uh do you think that that raid can maybe be a little overwhelming to some people because the complexity of some of the mechanics no okay i wouldn't i wouldn't say so you know why because like i compared it to like garden of salvation right where you actually have to teach people like really, and and people still have issue with like the last boss, or I mean, uh, we can talk about that one a bit. But with Last Wish, there's parts where you can literally also tell people just kill ants. Like I don't know the bolt room where you're doing the whole running around and then tombra penumbra, and right. there's people who have no idea what's going on. You know, you just tell them there's gonna be ants, there's gonna be a knight, the knight cannot reach the plate. That's all you need to care about. That's fair. So there's parts where you can, you know, have three people that know what they're doing and then the three people that are learning don't have to be super concerned about the whole mechanics, at least on their first runs. And then you you see it all the time because then on their second, third run, they'll be like, oh, now I want to, you know, use one of the almonds to do this thing uh, on Shurachi. And uh, I want to do puzzle, you know, I want to learn how to do puzzle. So, so, So I feel like it's a raid where... You can have three people that really know what they're doing and three people that have no idea what they're doing and you still get through it. Right. And it okay. lets you kind of learn as you play it more and more and more. Okay. And uh, Garden of Salvation doesn't give you that. Uh, it, it, it literally puts you in a place where, like, either you do it right or you wipe. There, right. There's, there's no missing on that one. And the last boss, I feel like even now... After all this time, and I'm assuming people have played way longer than me, did a lot of Garden of Salvation runs, and like that's the one I always see people having trouble with, and always people disbanding, and runs being incredibly long, just because they cannot understand certain things. Like, okay, I see people getting the modes and then depositing right away. It's like, no, just wait a second. You know, once the ads are close, deposit your modes, get your buff. That makes your buff last longer right? right same with the last boss like you get out of of playing gambit and then just wait until the shielded ads appear and then deposit your modes and then you can actually help you know destroy the shields and then go on your other mode run or whatever because i only see people like oh my my, my buff just ran out and uh, what do i do and everybody gets so stressed in that raid and I think the mechanics are really unforgiving for people who don't understand the mechanics well. Interesting. Okay, so you think that like it it leaves little room for error and can kind of spiral out of control in terms of like kind of yeah, like you said, if you don't feel comfortable with the mechanics that are there, 
uh, it can get kind of stressful and and yeah, like you said, it can cause kind of anxiety amongst the group. So, but it's just also silly things like on last wish oh, yeah. on DSC, you can if someone makes a mistake, you can go and try to help them out, right? Right. I'll rescue. I'll kill the guy. Well, I don't know whatever. But on Garden of Salvation, it's like if your job is to pick up the the puke from the first boss and you don't, that's it. You wiped the whole team. Right, right. And and it happens even worse on the other fights as well. Like there's one thing that you have to do. Oh, you should you didn't shoot the eye. You shot the wrong eye. Uh, your buff ran out. Like that one is so unforgiving to the team. In also the fact that if you have one bad apple, your run is gonna be miserable. Right. One okay. person, that's all it takes to make Cardinal Salvation run really terrible. Fair and there's no, there's no way you can help them, though, you know? You can explain to them, but if they, they're not getting it already, it, it, it barely ever changes, especially if you're, like, LFGing and stuff. Right. Okay. Very cool. I, I like your answer, and I, I think you gave a, a pretty good kind of explanation as to why. Um, and I, I think I kind of agree with you from like a from Destiny 2 standpoint thematically, Last Wish definitely has like it checks all those boxes in terms of kind of like the story behind it and and really like the location um, and yeah. in terms of kind of like this, like you're really diving deep into the Dreaming City uh, and, and going all to these like exotic locations. And then kind of the punchline is you're opening this vault and you're like, what the heck is in this vault? And it's it's an Ahamkara that's still alive, but it's been taken like. It's just a really cool, like, again, like, thematically, uh, I think that raid really knocks it out of the park. Yeah, um, and, and also the story, I think we, I mentioned this in one other episode, like, how it ties into Shattered Throne and the Corrupted Strike. Right. Because a lot of people, I remember I was doing which one, I think Vault of Glass, for example, people never wait for the ending. And sometimes we do, because we're, you know, just grabbing Glimmer around, and then it ends and it kicks you back to orbit and there's no cutscene. And I remember I've heard people say that, like, oh, I never waited until the end and there's nothing. Um, <laughs> whereas this other one, kind of like, you finish it and, you know, it tells you that there's more. Right. You know, it ties into a whole place, into a whole, like, you still can go and do the corrupted afterwards and finish the storyline and you can go into the shard. Like, it's a whole thing that's connected to other parts around it and the story is very complex. And... um I feel like the other ones is like DSC has an ending that is also kind of like okay and so, right? You know, it it ends and you you beat this guy that keeps coming back and um, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like the other one had like whoever thought about that like wow, like I, I you know I tip my hat off to that guy because the story is so great. Yeah, very cool. I, yeah, I, I think, and like you said, it, it it also feels like the raid really, like you mentioned, kind of ties into the story and like you feel a direct impact as a result of completing the raid and kind of how it affects the world around you. And you, you get to experience that on that, that three week cycle. So um, cool. Yeah, I, I really like your answer. Um, and I think that that's a, a valid reason why. Um, cool. You know, you've, you've kind of you've kind of trumped mine. Uh, my favorite from Destiny 2 is Scourge of the Past, um, because I think that has kind of a fun blend of mechanics that can slowly kind of escalate. And I think that that has a really classic, um, like you learn something in the first encounter, 
uh, that slowly kind of builds up to the final encounter and themes kind of like keep kind of traveling through. Um, I also really like the weapon drops from uh, from Scourge of the Past. I'm really bummed out that it's no longer in the game. Um, and that was kind of like bummed me out when that when that left. Um, I would say of the the raids that exist now, uh, I'd probably have to agree with you. And that last wish is, I think, kind of thematically. I will also admit it's probably the one that I've completed the least amount. Um, and and I full disclosure, I've never done Riven legit um, because I've never been able to find a team that wants to actually uh, kind of power through it and learn it correctly, which bums me out because I'd I'd like to experience it just to say that I've done it because um, like it seems like a really kind of fun, engaging, like complex fight um, that is now it's just everyone just wants to like you know power through it, get three completions, go through the the hallway, and try to get a, a chance at like one k. Uh, and that's just kind of like the current state. And that's really unfortunate because it's like what could have been kind of the most like memorable fight is just sort of like overshadowed by, oh, by the way, you can just kind of cheese it and be done with it instantly. And it's like, but that like that goes against the whole point. Like you're fighting an Ahamkara, one of the most like complex creatures in the entire uni- like galaxy or universe of destiny. And you can just kind of nuke it with uh, some swords on its paw. If you want. <laughs> and that just kind of sucks. Um, yeah. Because I, I I wish that it like forced people to play it. Because um, I think people would appreciate it. I I would really like to. Because it looks interesting. I've just never been able to find a team that wants to like, like I'll I'll find like a group that's like there's like two or three of us, and it's like yeah, but then it's like no, we can't find anyone else. Because uh, no one else is crazy like we are. So it's just a but very long raid, even without is. that fight. Yeah, and that fight, Yeah, it was fun the one time I did it, and it's nice to see it done. Like the right way, you know, because you oh, like sure. the, the whole mechanics of that fight is kind of the same thing. Like it, it really does feel like it built up to something. Yeah. Um, compared to other ones that don't have that feeling, but yeah, it's it's a bit of a pity, and uh, I agree with that. Like, I mean, I call it the cheese walk at this point. Right. The ruling cheese, you know, riven three times, and then the queen walk. And right. I think the same thing, I, I guess this season has been funny because like uh, we've actually been doing the same with Garden of Salvation because the first boss drops the fusion rifle, the bow, and boots. So we've been doing Garden of Salvation first boss three times uh, for a couple of weeks now just to try to farm that fusion rifle. Ah, oh, yeah, okay. So we go into Garden of Salvation but never finish it. Yeah. And well, because yeah, and that first encounter goes pretty quick too. Yeah, so. yeah, it's super fast. Interesting. Okay, well, uh, I think we had a good discussion of that. We have been graced by Will's presence, so we're going to transition into the next topic, which I think is kind of the big one uh, and uh, something that we should talk about. So, are you are you with us, Will? I know you're on mute. Um, I don't know if you've like walked away to. Oh, I'm here. I'm here. Awesome. Okay. I was just listening. I didn't interrupt. No, no, that's totally fine. Uh, and uh, so yeah, so we're gonna talk uh now about the trials changes. So uh, we're gonna kind of do this in two parts. So uh, our last week's podcast, which was live by the way, and if you joined us for the the live stream, thank you. Um, we talked about because we did it on Friday night, and we talked about the changes that were in store for last week. The the main one being that if you go flawless, you're kind of locked out uh, of being able to play in a larger pool and that you're exclusively forced to play with only flawless players for the rest of the week. Uh, and that would be account wide. Um, and this week they've changed it up again. Um, but before we talk about this week, um, I know, Will, you were kind of 
probably the most um, lukewarm about it. Uh, how you ended up getting a flawless card pretty early in the weekend, correct? Yeah, first thing on Friday evening. Oh, first okay. card I played actually. <laughs> so then, uh, so you did not do the like reset your card kind of cheese. Uh, you ended. I up... played. Yeah, so I did the flawless card, and I played one game of flawless with some friends. I was like, yeah, no thanks. Oh, and then you didn't play trials for the rest of the weekend. I played maybe twelve games. That's okay. Oh, wow. I spent uh, almost thirteen hours in trials this last weekend. My max. Yes. Yeah. You go flawless. I went flawless three times. Yeah. There you go. All right. Well, what I guess what was your guys' experience then? Like, did it seem exponentially more sweaty now that you were kind of stuck in a flawless pool? Yeah, it was horrible. Okay. <laughs> the first game after Flawless, we played a three stack of people that I know, and that was the first time I played anybody that I actually know in the past two weeks. Oh, really? Okay. So, yeah, no, I was. I mean, like, I try to help people, just not it, and I have no interest in playing stacked all weekend. So, right. It was just, yeah, not not something I wanted to spend a whole lot of time in because it's just more frustrating than anything else. But. Okay. Yeah, cool. that's that's but, one yeah. of the numbers that they mentioned. So, like on the first week, fifty-six uh, percent of the players that went flawless for the first time were helped by friends who have been flawless before. But this this week, uh, last weekend, were you know people like Will that went flawless and then couldn't really help people without dragging them into the flawless player pool. Only sixteen percent uh, were helped to achieve their first flawless of the weekend with people who were already flawless. So that's a 40% decrease right there. Right. And that's, that's massive. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, like, I don't know. I, I, I'm exhausted about talking about it at this point because, you know, whatever they do, until they take out SBMM, I'll never be happy. But um, it's just not, no one wants to have to play stacked all weekend. I mean, at least you know, some people want to farm their stats, whatever, like do your thing. You paid for the game just like I did, but as far as helping people, there's no, there, it's not. Um, I guess, I mean, it's like they they like it's this excuse like you know carry shouldn't be a stomp. It's like well, you're gonna play teams that you're just better than, right? Like, yeah, people are gonna have to get over the fact that they lost five zero one time and then go to Twitter, you know, Reddit or whatever and complain like, oh, fix the matchmaking because I lost a game. So, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I'll I'll definitely hop back in this weekend and out but last weekend was just not the play if you want to help friends out um and like the six one resetting thing is kind of like i don't know i mean like it's i get it why people do it but it's like i don't want to have to play the game like that right like you don't want to have to just right play the game not as intended just to help some friends out and get some wins yeah and two numbers that i want to also mention is 45% of the people that went flawless stopped playing after getting their first flawless. Right. So that's half of the people, almost half of the people straight away just left and, and didn't play anymore that weekend. And uh, the other one that I got, because we got the 12, right? Um, we're recording this on a Thursday night and we got the 12 today. And uh, they have percentages for everything on this 12, except for this one thing. And this one thing is like actually very telling for me. It says, we had reports of significant numbers of players resetting 5-0 or 6-0 cards. And they don't have a percentage for it. 
right is is the one thing that they're hiding so and and this is because i'm assuming that a lot of people and i was talking to rob before we started recording and i i i do pv help whatever i went to see the pvp people on on streams and see how that was going and everybody was doing that reset thing everybody was doing and they would ask people that they were about to help well have you been flawless this weekend and if the answer was yes then they would be like okay so i cannot help you i'm sorry so i think that that number is clearly being hidden for a reason i think the people resetting at five or six were like a lot a lot of people so so help me out here so by the way we're we're referencing the twab that just came out today uh, so like you said, we, we had a re- significant number of players resetting the cards. And then it says, but we saw around 16,000 total cards that were reset while flawless, but under seven wins. Isn't that the number or am I reading that incorrectly? Uh, wait, that doesn't make any sense because then you're not really doing anything. Uh, where is that number? It's uh, it's under the section that things didn't work. It's probably about a quarter of the way from the top. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. We didn't press that. Yeah, so that's that's the only part. Like I keep reading that, and it's like weird. But 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 those are people who reset their card who haven't gone flawless yet. Right. So is that that number of of players resetting at five or five to zero or six to zero cards? So that's them. So they did give a number, but they didn't give a percentage, which I agree is also weird. Like. Because because I think the percentage would be like really high. I don't know how many cards are played. I don't know if it'd be super high, but I think it, it's a number more than what they want. Sure. Yeah, and and of course it's it's misleading because in the right below it it says we saw two point seven million cards started this week, but started is not necessarily an indication like how many people got in, played like one match, got f- like zero and five, and they're like, yeah, I'm done. Uh, and you know, so it's like you can't use those numbers necessarily to kind of look at like sixteen thousand total. Yeah, it seems is that, but they say it is significant. Uh, so it's hard to know what that number means exactly. Um, and yeah, it's bizarre that they didn't give a percentage when like, like almost everything else is given in terms of percentage. Yeah, um, and that's that's kind of weird. Um, yeah, I just I really don't think last weekend. I think. They're trying to be too optimistic. Like they just had the best weekend of trials in the history of the game. Yeah. And then they're just I don't see anything of stats here that's that's like good besides like the solo player stat, but like But even that, you know, it's like we're shooting for you getting stomped one out of three games. Yeah, is so, that, so is that the the goal really? All right. So so let's let's uh let's kind of before we start talking about that, because uh, I think that that's kind of an interesting metric. because uh, that's actually something that we talked about last weekend where I I'm gonna pat myself on the back. I theorized that they were going purely off of numbers, and they had a target in mind. And this feels exactly that they had a specific number that they wanted to reach. Of of they didn't want that many zero and five like stomps. And is that is that the right way that they should be going about this? Like that just seems like kind of a weird metric to go off of. Like because it that's always gonna happen in trials, even if you're a good team. Sometimes you're just going to get like you're just going to be in a funk or that other team is just going to outplay you and you're going to go five and one or five and oh, and it's going to suck so bad. But like that happens and that just seems like kind of the weird baseline of like, yeah, that feeling that you have when you get like just totally, you know, ransacked like that. It sucks, but like that can't be 
that's part of the game mode, right? Exactly, like, exactly. Yeah. Like I, yeah, I, I, I've never had... something though. You mentioned five and one and five and zero. Oh. They're talking about five and zeros, but five and ones I feel like happen often because even if you're getting stumped, sometimes you get a lucky, you know, a lucky one where you win or, or you have one super up that helps and then you win one and that's it. But you still got stumped. Right. You know, and and those ones are they're, they're just trying to avoid the five O's. But I think the five ones are should be included into that. Like let's have five ones and five O's and you know, thirty percent or less. Yeah. Um And it just it I don't know, it feels weird that that that's the magic number that they're looking for is a win a solo win rate above thirty and a solo fire team below at under thirty three percent. Like that just like it seems it's not a game though. Like it's, it's yeah. the whole thing is based around team play, right? Like right, especially yeah. with this new capture mode coming out. Like you're gonna have to play as a team. If yeah, you have an objective objective now, and besides just yeah. go out and kill everything. Yeah, like so I, I, I think they're they're not catering, but they're trying to base their content around the solo casual player, and that's just not mm. healthy for the whole entire. Like I get it, like you want your solos to have a good time, but like. Push them like the the ideal thing should be like you're in a solo team, but we're gonna push you, incentivize you to find a full team, to right? Get a better experience, more wins, more stuff. I think right now they're trying to make it just too easy so that like the solo players don't have any incentive or don't have any kind of like you know oh hey I should go to LFG or you know hit up a friend or you know whatever you know right or be, or have a hey let's say you play with two random guys and you go really well and then it gives you the option to try to squad up with them right because uh, sure. i used i used to do that in comp where like i'd be i'd be doing solo mat like you and i'd actually do really really well with two other guys and i would message them and say hey do you want to like join up because this went really well and then and then we get on comms and lo and behold we end up winning like a few matches in a row because now that we're communicating like we're playing into our strengths so it's like I, I really don't know why that's not more of a thing. Cause like that, that I, I agree with you. Like you get to a certain point in trials, like the first couple of matches, you can kind of squeeze by awkwardly by yourself. And maybe you're just like, you can kind of dominate against the other team. If you're playing against a bunch of other solos, but eventually that, that luck is going to run out and you're going to play against that three stack. That is just like, they're so well coordinated. They're going to get that flank every time. And they're just going to they're going to wreck you because you get you get like what I saw happen a lot on Tangled Shore was um, like I would get shotgunned around a corner and there's no way for me to communicate to those other two guys because I was doing some solo play. There's no way for me to tell them that the guys just crouched there with a shotgun. And so they're going to go for my res and just get shotgun right one right after the other. And it's like that may not have happened if I was able to communicate with them, like don't go in there and res me like throw a grenade or try to snuff them out like but. Like you have to have that communication aspect, and like eventually you can't cater to the solos because it's trials. Like it's just not going to work. Um, and this this kind of feels like they're trying to force like a, a style of gameplay that's never going to to meld well with with this. Like I I don't know. It just seems bizarre to me. Yeah. Just like solo players are not in here to farm follows. No rewards like if, if you have that expectation going in like oh i'm a solo player i should be able to go follow this easy and go to farm all you know all the stuff i want it's like well that's just not like realistic right and i think they, i don't think they understand that i think they just think every good player just wants to three stack and stomp everybody and like that's not it at all like you know i don't know i, I just think they're trying to do too much they're they're trying to i don't know i don't put my finger on it but they're just trying to 
just let it sit for a bit give us yeah. some time right like yeah well that's, can't that's listen to one solo player on reddit so yeah well and that's that's what we talked about last week too it's like you should have they should have let this run for a few weeks with the the original the first the first week they should have just let that system in place for like a month or two and see how the numbers kind of, cuz you're always going to get drop offs as each week goes on like people are going to not stay invested and you're going to get kind of a, a smaller proportion but they should have seen how that number sustained for a couple weeks or a month and really seen like okay do we really have a problem with carries and all this stuff and like we just we don't consistently have but you have one weekend of data and that just doesn't seem like enough to to base such a drastic decision and that sorry and then Robbie and I were talking before you you joined us will or before we started the podcast um with this this upcoming weekend they're changing the the rules again which we'll we'll talk about in a minute but then they're also introducing the the trials labs which is like okay that's cool that you're doing that but you shouldn't also change the matchmaking configuration along with doing that at the same time because then like if if next twab they come out with a bunch of numbers of like oh well we had this many people playing and it's like well you the numbers are going to be invalid to a certain degree the sample because, size yeah because the sample size is weird because you're you're doing this trials lab like it's I I I don't again I'm an, I'm a math nerd but like you can't change that many variables at once and then be sure. expected to have good data come from it like it's just not a good idea and they're also testing right now in the middle while the player population is the highest it's ever been exactly so exactly two weeks and like we've had the insane po- player population which is fantastic but like right we still have six months to the next DLC I know I know so, like yeah like use use that time to change things up kind of steadily and you know tweak things yeah. here and there but don't do these drastic like oh by the way sure. if you go flawless you can't you're you're screwed for the rest of the weekend like don't do right. that the second week of trials like that just seems now really it's, i would say like wait two months yeah because like you know we only have one trials weapon once people get it a couple times you know, what's the playlist gonna look like there we don't have anything else to go for exactly i mean unless you got people pl- still playing they need you know whatever they need but no i mean like it's not a good not getting the actual data of what trials is Right. And, you know, it's not at its highest, but not at its lowest either. Like the median population, not at right. that right now. So, yeah. And it, I, I, you actually bring up a good point is maybe they should have waited two months where you've got two whole months of the, the current existing one. You know, you, you, you kind of start to see where those, those like issues are still popping up here and there. And then they can come out and say, hey, you know, we're going to try this out for a couple weeks. Uh, where, yeah, if you've gone flawless, you're kind of, you know, you're stuck in that pool. And then maybe that'll bring a bunch of those solo people back in for a while and, like, rejuvenate the numbers for a couple weeks. And then it's like, yeah, okay, well, now the flawless guys are, are not really having as much fun. Okay, so now we're going to try this alternative, and then we're going to try, like, like yeah, give it some time, let it stew, see if that invigorates, uh, you know, a new group of people to come back into trials who've maybe got kind of, you know, it's like one of those things you play it for a few weeks, you get burned out. Like you said, you get all the weapons, you get all the armor, then you're ready to kind of just consume the next thing. It's like, well, maybe if you change it up, then it, it reinvigorates your interest in that, that, you know, that game mode. Um, so no, I just didn't feel good this weekend because there were, friends that i have that and the better players than me of course but we get to play together you know we the first time i went flawless was two weekends ago so like we ever did go flawless or i didn't uh but now like people refusing to help people 
you know, scared to play with people who went flawless because they didn't want to play against the flawless people. It just, in a way, like I, all that stuff you said about, you know, teaming up and it didn't happen on the other end of things. It just separated people, you know, because now there was like this limitation where like, okay, yeah, I want to play, but I don't want to play with you or I cannot play with you or, you know, or you shouldn't play with me. And that felt really bad, not not being able to play with certain people or people just refusing to play with you. Right. And uh, I think that wasn't a good move. I And I think I mentioned you this before, and I, I feel like the way they did it, how, okay, first week, the SMG, which you know, everybody kind of can use one, so it's it's okay, it helps PvE, PvP. Then second week, they have this amazing seasonal linear fusion rifle, which right now is what everybody wants. So everybody was trying to go for one at least, and they, you know, would get one and it would be decent, and that's it. I actually got nine of those, none of them with Vorpal, so kind of bummed about that. And uh, I'm pretty sure because of the numbers, the messenger was the most used gun during last weekend. So I don't know, maybe I'll stand corrected, but I'm kind of thinking that tomorrow morning we're gonna see the messenger adept drop trying to entice people, you know, to come back into the game and get it after getting destroyed by it so many times. Yep. So I, say, like, I don't I don't think getting people in is the problem. I think it's what's keeping people playing. Yeah. Well they they did see like that's the thing. Like forty five percent of the people just left after the first yeah, and then that was me. So. That was me. Yeah. yeah. But like I, I don't I don't have anything to grind for. Like I'm not gonna you know, I'm not gonna play super like again, like it's gonna sound bad, but like I don't want to play super stacked teams when I'm not stacked if I'm not getting rewarded for it. I don't have any issue playing like stacked teams, balanced sandbox, you know, balanced game mode. But when we have like rewards, right? There's there's nothing to go for. Like, right? An ascendant shard, great, fantastic. Right. Like, give me some kind of give me a reason to play after seven wins, and then these changes are justified. Or play on a false card, excuse me. And these changes, I'm. Super cool with fine. That's great. I, I'm I'm down. Right. Um, and yeah. then, but then the other end is like we kind of get into that trials power creep. I guess you could say of different tiers of follows, right? Like you know, I don't know. I just think that if they want to keep this kind of um, setup, they're gonna have to make stuff for people playing on seven win cards, not just playing four seven wins in a row. People playing four flawless. You have to make mm-hmm. stuff for people playing on flawless cards for this to work. I think it could work. And again, I'm 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 open to it. I'm down to play good teams. Um, but give me a reason to play those games at that level. Yeah. And, and like I think you... they did mention something for also for comp that uh, they changed the description to say that it's uh, taking more into account skill than connection or anything else. And I think I I understand it from that. Uh, perspective that you talk about because again I'm not like a top PvP player and I probably never will be on Destiny but I see the point of like why bring skill based matchmaking to something that shouldn't have it because and I know a lot of people will not get it but like the difference between the top 1% of PvP players and the top 5% of PvP players is way bigger than 50 and 100 like if you are at the bottom, someone who is at at fifty percent of the players is closest in skill to you than someone who is you know at two percent and at one percent because those guys are already at the top, so the the difference between them is huge. 
And uh, so, so someone playing, for example, comp, if it's based on skill, like I go in with my low uh, KD ratio, which is one of the things they take into consideration, and I'm going to have definitely way easier games than someone that has like a crazy high KD ratio. So for them, it's actually harder because they're playing other really, really good players. And myself, I might go against, you know, other terrible players or, or players that are more my skill or something. But the difference is going to be so huge that I might get a bit of everything. And I think in a competitive playlist like that one or like trials, uh, skill-based shouldn't be a thing. And that's why I really can't get into this flawless and kiddie play pool. It, it just doesn't make sense. I think everybody should be playing against everybody else. And you're going to have some easy games and you're going to have some, you know, really down to the wire games. And, and, you know, you might encounter a bit of everything on your way to the lighthouse. But it shouldn't be like, oh, just because I'm good, I should play only against really good players. And then kind of how they did, because I saw it with my friends that waited until the last night. Uh, to play against the other players who were also bad, because, I mean, bad, you know, air quotes, because they haven't gone flawless yet either, and they actually managed to get it, because they said, like, those games compared to the games that on Friday were entirely different. They were playing against people who felt more at their level. So it did help them, but they were not satisfied by it, you know? It, it was like a sour victory to them. Yeah. Uh, so, so then I guess kind of the last thing that we'll talk because I know Robbie, you have to jump off pretty soon. So, um, this weekend they are uh, changing it so that the um, flawless enable pool doesn't kick in until Sunday morning. So that gives people uh, all of Friday and all of Saturday uh, to kind of have it as it was the first week, um, and then uh, Sunday reset. Then it will kick in. Uh, and be just as it was last weekend. Uh, does this seem like a good compromise, or does this just kind of seem like kind of a Band-Aid um, to keep maybe the numbers up? And do you expect the numbers to be higher than they were last week, or do you think there's some people that kind of feel a little burned and that this whole, like, flawless pool thing just seems a little, like, ridiculous and, and like, there's no reason for it? So what are your guys' thoughts on that? Um, 100% Band-Aid. Okay. It, it clearly didn't work last weekend. I mean, like, it had a bunch of people playing great, but that's because, like, it's new. Right. Um, just get rid of it. <laughs> like, I don't want to have to, you know, it's, it, so many people said they didn't like it. So many people said, like, you know, just bring it back to what it was. Like, why, why do we have to go through this? Like, why are we messing with it? You know, like, there's just no reason. Just go back to what it was. We we'll have to get over the fact that they're going to lose games. Like, it is what it is. Yeah. So we can't just take everything off of player population or statistics. Like it should be more about like how much you enjoy what you're playing, not just numbers, right? Like yeah. percentage of players enjoyed playing um false cards while they're trying to help somebody go follow us. You know, I want to see that statistic. Yeah. But I don't know. I just I'm of the opinion like I was playing fantastic week one. Like, why are we trying to reinvent, reinvent the wheel? <laughs> Yeah. And, well, yeah, I think and, it doesn't change anything too. Like honestly, I, I was able to help friends who had never played before go flawless. I was able to help like people who I can't even communicate with go flawless. Like that was fun for me. So and all all while getting rewarded at the same time. So I don't know. Well, that's, that's that's where I'm at. 
No, I, I, and you're not wrong. It's just I also find it fascinating because that first week was more rewarding, even to people that like don't normally play or have very rarely ever engaged with it. And it's like people were getting stuff that they've never dreamed that they were going to get. Uh, and and we've we've kind of gone away from the you know getting a card and just jumping off the side of the cliff so you could get that one bounty done to get one weapon or one piece of armor. Like, it's it's never been more rewarding and giving you the option to have deterministic loot. And it was like, I don't know why you can't have Trials be this thing where, hey, maybe you don't get a Flawless, but you can still get seven wins and still get, like, a bunch of armor pieces and a bunch of other weapons and, like, still have a good time. Like, I, I think that this is great because, like, I don't ever have the expectation that I'm going to go flawless, but I know I'm at least now in this new system going to get something rewarded to me for my time spent into it. And that seems like that seems like the main actual problem with trials was it wasn't rewarding for the lower end of the the spectrum in terms of skill. And now that that finally exists, it's like that should be enough. But now there's still more like, again, I don't know why they they're tweaking the numbers when it's like, this is all that people have ever wanted, like accessibility to the loot in the game by by participating. Yeah, like, it doesn't I, even have to be adept. Exactly. Like, I, I heard exactly. it from a lot of people, you know, like they just literally wanted some nice ornaments that glow or, or this one gone or, you know. Right. And, and they were happy with that. They didn't need the adept stuff. It right. was just, yeah, it was just rewarding the first weekend. Well, was... I'm, I'm not even asking for like, or flawless weapons for playing on a flawless card. Right. These ornaments that aren't that, <laughs> something, man. Like, yeah, know, like yeah, I, I get it. No, I, again, like I, I'm, I'm not. I had literally had the most fun I've ever had in trials. Was like, you know, first week of the new season. Why? What are we going? Who was making these decisions that we have to just change everything up? Because a couple people didn't win a couple games. Like, like you're gonna win five zero. Like it is. What, <laughs> It's what it is. Yeah, like, and I, honestly, it's not going to change anything because you know what's going to happen. Yeah, and I'm going to tell you right well, now. I'm not like, going to go. Yeah, for exactly. Flawless. People who are going to, yeah, gonna, people who are not, right. who are never going to reset. They're they're going to keep doing the six reset thing past Sunday. So these guys are never going to go flawless. And other people, like maybe myself, actually, because I'm considering this, I might not play until after Sunday reset. Because then maybe at at that point, some of those people who, that who did choose to not reset their card at six are going to be gone from my player pool so i might have a better chance and uh and so that's what's going to happen like you're forcing people to either think about it because now you know like now that you know how it is you can take your pick like like those guys i told you about they just even last week they chose to play until the last night just to get the easier games and get it done if they could it took right. them to cards and they got it done so maybe now i'm going to be part of those guys and then there's going to be the other guys who, like, it doesn't matter when you put this flawless loot pool. They're going to reset at six anyway. Right. Because they already saw how it is. Yep. So your hardest games are going to be on Monday. Because it'll just be all the, you know, it'll be all the people who did carries all weekend and then waited to go flawless. Right. On they the last night. Yep. So, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, maybe, I don't, I don't really honestly, know maybe don't jump on Sunday reset. That's going to be the easiest. Because at least some players are gone. Sunday reset. Yeah. And then and and there's then, still going to be people helping out that reset at six. And then there's going to be still a lot of people. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, I just don't get it. I really don't. But, you know, seven years, nobody's got it there, Bungie yet either. So, I, I just, I don't, 
I don't understand why there's this sense of, I mean, I'll, I'll just straight call it like entitlement. Uh, I don't know why people feel like they, everyone is entitled to go to flawless. Like it's oh, just, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's not. And it, it, like, and we talked about this, like the first week there's, there's folks like you will, who will play 300 games in a, in a weekend. And there's, there's nothing wrong with that. I want to preface with that, the beginning of that statement where it's like, you just enjoy the game mode because you enjoy the game mode. And then there's people like me where it's like, if I do happen to go flawless on a weekend, I'm basically going to do one card and I, I feel accomplished with that. And like, yeah. And then I'm never going to play, like, I'm never going to engage with it again for the weekend. Or maybe I just enjoy playing trials. And, and if I get to seven wins, great. Even if I ended up getting like 14 losses along the way, cause I'll still feel like I'm, I'm rewarded in the process. Like, I don't know why there's this need to like maps maximize like how many people are able to go flawless or getting rid of the five O like blowouts. Like it, it, like you said, well, it's trials and it always should be this sort of like, I I'm okay with a sense of elitism in trials because it should be like the top, top of the top. And yeah. Like that's that's what this game mode is meant for. It's it's the raid equivalent for PvP players. Like it should be difficult. It should be something that you're proud of. Like you should wear that title with pride. Like it it shouldn't just be something that's handed out. Like oh yeah, they they've already done enough to reward the common player who just invests enough time in playing it. Like that should be enough. Like I don't know why you need to change it more than that. Yeah, and last week was terrible. Did you see like the amount of people I played with on random like playlist activities that had the the emblem on? Oh yeah. Or this and that. Like honestly, and I'm sorry to say this, but like having that flawless emblem on right now is like having Dredgen on. It's just a meme at this point. It doesn't right. mean anything. I'm so happy you said that. It doesn't that. mean I'm anything. So I've never worried because I feel like I not I don't deserve it. I cannot get flawless without help. That's me. Yeah. And I accept and I'm, that. I'm not... And but I'm I feel like, like at the same time, like GMs should be the same way, you know. Like not everybody should be able to finish all the GMs in a season, right? Sure. And and not everybody should go should be able to go flawless. Like I can go flawless only if I get help. That's that's literally why I think that it's okay in a way. Like I, I don't, I never expected to go flawless. And then the thing about the the ornament shaders uh, that you were talking about, there's that shader that just came out, Cobalt Clash, right? Um, I don't, people I were saying it was bogged. Like it would drop from weapons that you would get that don't, were not the adept ones from the chest. Uh, it's a really nice shader. I don't know. It's like <clears throat> chroma changing color thing. Um, well, they just said that it's not uh, obtainable by dismantling the guns. So basically, there's this exclusive shader that you can only get from going to the lighthouse that you might get from a gun that you don't choose because it's not the weekly gun that might have a terrible roll. So basically, if you want a gun that is not adept, um, that is good, you're going to have to wish for a really good roll and get it from the lighthouse only to have that shader. So yep. I, this I don't understand, like because clearly they thought about some sort of aesthetic reward for going to the lighthouse. But, but, but how is this helping? Because first of all, it's not on the adept. And, you know, and second of all, it might be like a terrible roll. Uh, yeah. I, I don't Wait, understand it. So the shader doesn't? Drop? Or are you saying you you have to use that gun with that shader when it drops? So the yeah. the shader is tied to the gun. You go nice. to the lighthouse, That's you get great. an adept, and you get another gun, something else. 
So it happened to me with a sniper rifle. Like I got my my adept reads regret, and I got a sniper rifle. The sniper rifle came with the shader, but then um, usually what you do to get those shaders is dismantle it, right? But at the beginning everybody was saying, "Oh, it's bugged. Don't dismantle it. Save it. They're gonna fix it at some point." And then um, I think it was Cosmo, maybe. I, I don't wanna um, get it wrong, but basically someone at Bungie just clarified, like, "Nope, it's not bugged. The shader is tied to the gun. It's not gonna be attainable." There's, it's just on the gun, that's it. And we're removing it from collections. And it looks really cool, but now you can't get it unless you get it from whatever drops from, from the chest. So you might get a piece of armor with this cool shader that a lot of people can't get, but might be terrible stats or might be a terrible roll. So I, I, don't, I don't understand. Yeah, this is aesthetic rewards that are implemented in a very, very, very bad way. Will, you were going to say something. Uh, or did I, heard, you... I, I mean, like, I was, I forgot what I was going to say, but like, we're not trying to gatekeep a lot of followers, you know? No. Like, there's like this bad connotation that Destiny players have. Like, where everybody tries to gatekeep somebody. It's like, bro, it's not a bit. Like, I just, give me something like I can play with my friends and help my friends out show like my prowess or like skill in that game mode right like you have your friends who can carry you through raids help you through raids you know like give me something like that right right so yeah it's it i'll I'll be like i'm really curious to see how like this weekend plays out but i just think you're either gonna have to add follows card rewards in a ton of them if they want to have a yearly trials update or they're gonna have to just get rid of it because you know, it's not it's not feasible. Yeah, you're, you're helping such a small percentage of the player base that it's not you know it's not going to be healthy for the uh, game on the long term. Yeah, I, well, and I, I think you're you're always going to have, and I hate I hate to say this too, and like I, I definitely have nights run like this. You're just going to have a subset of people that are absolutely terrible at the game mode yeah. and like no yeah. matter how many no matter how many times you try to help them they're always going to be the 5-0 and 5-1 kind of right. folks like and it sucks like there's just some people that aren't good at pvp and hey if they just want to sit there and and try to grind through it to get a couple uh engram engram drops like that's great and that's that's their time and if they're willing to put into it but it's like at a certain point you can't keep making these sacrifices and weeding out the the 300 game people like you in hopes that you're going to get one more guy to come in who's like not going to get any better by investing his entire weekend like he doesn't have any better chance of going flawless by getting you out of the game mode like it like it just because there's always going to be you know 50 percent of the the population is just going to crush him every time that they play and so it's like you're not you're not helping the larger population right you're and I, I don't mean to pick on you, Will, but it's like you're the person who engages with that that game mode the entire weekend, not Johnny No Thumbs, who is sure. like can't aim for the life of him. And that sucks. Like he but he's never going to get better. He's never going to get to a point where he's going to go flawless by eliminating all the flawless people out of his pool. Like it's never going right. to get small enough to help him. So at a certain point, like you got to cut your losses and like you can't care about Johnny No Thumbs. It's like, what are you going to do to keep will in the game um and and trying to help maybe uh maybe help johnny no thumbs go flawless because you know there's enough of a healthy uh, exactly to help like it just it seems like there's a at a certain point you just have to like accept that 
it it's got to be kind of somewhat again that I don't know, maybe elitist is not the right word to use, but like it's it's not even elitist. Like I know I, I, it's not the right no, word. With seven wins, right? You, you don't have to go follow this. Like I mean, it's like trials yeah. of the nine, which is fine because like the player population was huge. I could help people go flawless, and it was fun. I enjoyed it. Right. I don't give a fuck about the loot. I don't care. I don't care about farming KD. I don't care about my KD. I don't care about winning 5-0. I don't care about ELO. I just want to play with my friends. And I right. can't yeah. do that and get what I want. I completely you know? agree with both of you. And I think that's the, that's the whole point of this. Like, if you're losing people to the playing list like Will, how do you expect to keep the other people? Because if you keep right. Will and other people like him on... Then you're keeping other people like me on that get to play with him, you know, and have a chance. Yeah. But now we can't play because I go flawless. I, I, I literally just want one adept weapon of something I don't have, and now I can't play with my friends the rest of the week. Right. Yeah, and honestly, like for someone like me, like for example, this this past weekend, yeah, I gotta admit, I did grind like crazy. I, I there were like one time I was solo queuing because there was no one on and no one willing to play with me. Um, and I spent four hours almost to get seven wins on a card, not flawless, obviously that one, um, but four hours almost to, to get a seven win card, just to get a, another other treats. And I was farming for it because I wanted for PVE. And now I think about this next weekend. And honestly, if it's a messenger, if it's a, I don't know, but I might not care. I, I might just want one and to play with friends, like you say, and do one card, then hopefully go flawless. Or whatever, and then I'm out. Because it's also, and I, I guess I echo what you say, but it's not gonna be rewarded, rewarding for me either. Right. You're not incentivizing like the medium skill players who like just played well that weekend to go follow us, <laughs> and then you're hurting them by playing other three stacks of people who are just you know bomb, bomb rushing, steamrolling everybody. So exactly. And, like, it, like again, like. It, it was super cool. Like my buddy who, um, his name's Photon. You guys we rated with him. Like, oh yeah. He, he had never been flawless like without me. He so cute and went flawless and like showed me. You know he was stoked. He was so happy. I'm like, like I'm so happy for you. But like, we can't play now and have fun and farm depth rolls because we're gonna play three stacks the whole entire night. Exactly. We're not stacked. He's he's you know he's not like the best player in the world, but like, I don't know. We're not trending in a good direction. We're we're trending more towards like catering towards a very small population of yeah. players that aren't um, going to stay in trials all week. No, yeah, anyway. the, exactly. Like I'm going to play this game mode till Witch Queen drops, right? right? Because like that, I'm a PvP PvP player. Like this is the most end game content we have. So right. you, know, you you already have me until Witch Queen. So why are you trying to like get rid of me? Right? Like right. I don't know. Well, and this, this is frustrating. I well, just feel like it, yeah. Sorry, keep going. Uh, I'm just saying, like, we're just falling, falling on deaf ears. Like, it's just not not listening to the good players. They're just like listening to a very small percentage of the population to play by themselves and have no interest in getting better and right. or finding a team to play with to get better with better chemistry. You know, right? Well, and um, I I don't think they're ever they're never going to be satisfied either. Like they're they're like I said, there's still there's just that group of people that is. That they just don't want to admit that they're probably not very good at PvP, right, right? And they 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 think that if you keep changing the rules and keep limiting, like eventually they're gonna get that 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 flawless card, and it's just it's not gonna sure. happen. Like you just have to accept that if you're a solo queue person and you're not very good, 
you're just not going to go flawless. You can still get a ton of great loot if you invest the time into it, but that 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 concept of getting flawless should not be like assumed by any 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 random person. You have to put the time into it. You have to have the communication. You have to work on all of that stuff and then you can actually maybe hope uh to get flawless, but you can't just keep hoping that that the rules are going to change around you to eventually accommodate you. Like you have to you have to, there's got to be some some sacrifice from you. You have to get better. Um and and that's just the name of the game and it's really it's really bizarre. People, what bugs me is like people don't want like want to put the time in. Like that's fine. I get it. It's a video game, right? Like it's not that serious. But like I put the time in to get better at Vogue, get better at you know the raids, get better at GMs, you know like right. You know like come on. You know, like I don't know. It's just frustrating. Like I I've never, you know, I don't have 1K. I don't have X. I don't have Eyes of what is it called? Eyes of tomorrow. Yeah, I don't have that, but I'm not going to Twitter or Reddit complaining saying, "Hey, give me this because I did it one time." Like, yeah, I'm okay with that. I, I I don't have the Conqueror seal because I didn't finish Gateway last season. I'm not going to Reddit or Twitter complaining like, "Hey, I should have this because I tried." Yeah, no, like I, I didn't I didn't earn it, so I don't get it. That's how yeah. it is. I wasn't good enough to beat that GM, which is fine because like, you know. I'm still learning, right? Like I'm trying to get better at this kind of stuff. And again, it's a video game. It's not that serious, but like I genuinely want to improve at. So Mm -hmm. there's like, there's a, this like census that like everybody should just have a handout. Yeah. And it's just not, it's not healthy for the whole entire player population. I, 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 yeah, sorry. Keep going. I'm just like, like Robbie has Vex because he did it a million times. So he deserves it. He has Conqueror because he grinded those GMs and he deserves it. Like, you know, I mean, like, have that for both sides of the game, not just one. Yeah. And even then, though, one, one thing I must say in comparison, like, for example, because I also enjoy helping people with PvE stuff, you know, especially once GMs come around. But, and I feel like that one is a bit more healthy because there will always be one or two in the season that are incredibly easy to run right. through like i can literally do it with two people like arms dealer you know something like that so that one allows me to to get whomever literally you know like like you said like johnny no thumbs and get him through his gm for his weekly challenge of week 17 or whatever it was and get him an adept gone and he's going to be happy and that's it um but then there's going to be other ones gms that like i don't know like um you can't really help anybody because you need a person that's like at least very very decent so i feel like at least with gms there's like this nice healthy spectrum of like yes some of them might feel unattainable for some people but there's always going to be one where i can go and help and do you know 15 20 minute runs and help you know 30 people in one stream and i i don't see how uh this changes give like because we keep talking about the spectrum of skill and spectrum of players and stuff but there's i don't see the comparison in that way you know what i mean and i, yeah, I feel like there should be something similar and i'm I'm, like, I'm so stoked that pve has like you know stuff to chase for right like you have to improve right. at gms you, know, you can't just go in like like for me me for example like i never done gm i didn't get like a clear until last season like I worked at it. I got my, you know, I grinded certain weapons. I grinded certain roles. You know, I played a certain way. So you know, I just think it should be 
both ways, not just like PvE oriented. But again, right. like, um, like I, I enjoy playing PvE. Like it's fun. <laughs> like GMs are really fun. Like once you like learn the mechanics, you know, it's it's harder content. You should have to pay attention. Like I'm so stoked that PvE like like, like day one raids, for example, are so fun to watch. It's like there's oh, yeah. a skill gap because you have to have teamwork, you you know. Day one raids are unparalleled in anything in the in gaming, but you know I just think we're just kind of catering too much towards like playing a lot instead of putting the hours in to get better at something, right? Right. So I mean I, I don't have a day one rate. I don't have any day one completions, which you know is fine. But like that's like one of my biggest goals in the game is to get like a day one completion, get that emblem. So That's and I'm cool. like constantly working towards that. Like I, I want to do that. That's like a big thing for me. I'm like I'm working towards it, getting better at PVE. Right? Like you don't just go in there expecting like, hey, I'm gonna get a, you know a one completion. So yeah, I, I just there's like a big disconnect. Like I just don't get it. So. Yeah, that's all I have to say. I don't want to be a dead horse. No, no, I, 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 so I, I wanted to kind of circle back because we we talked about it. Is like the idea of like participation trophies. I think is is that's why I feel like trials is now to be. Yeah, exactly. And I, I feel like, like the the flawless and adept weapon thing should be and always like it shall be. I mean, make it a requirement. Shall always be something sort of like sacred and and coveted by a very small select group like that that never should should go away but like i feel like they've done the best system already or at least in week one of having like the concept of like participation trophies like they i mean they just throw loot at you is if as long as you're just on the first ranks though yeah yeah yeah. but that's people who didn't play that much the second week they were like I played so many cards now, and I, I didn't rank up from Mythic 2 to Mythic 3, because it takes forever if you're losing all the time. Um, it was rewarding the first week, and that's what happened. A lot of people just got like 5 engrams off the gate, and now they cannot get any more, unless they play more, and they don't want to. But then to. go out and get better. Yeah, and that's like, that's 5 more drops. Yeah. That's oh, yeah, five yeah. more drops than they've ever gotten in trials. Yeah, so it's and like, I agree I, with both of you. I think that's yeah. true. Like, yeah, there, there's no way. Like, I like I, I, I say, I, did, into... I never expect to go flawless, and and now I did, and and I still feel like I didn't earn it. You know what I mean? Yeah, you earned it 100 percent because you played. Like, you weren't just. You know, I didn't recover your account. Nobody recovered your account. You know, you still put in. Like, you played every game with us, so you were still there. Like, we could have lost any one of those games. Doesn't matter who we matched. So the fact that you don't feel like you earned it is bullshit because you're still there the whole time. But like, just give me something grind for as a hardcore PvP player. Like, we have yeah. raids, we have day one emblems. Like, give me something, man. Like, we are begging for like, like end game, end game kind of content as PvP players. Yeah. You want to, you want to scare up emblem, or you want? I mean, like, it doesn't yeah. have to be like a gun. Something. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, you, it's it's those yeah. those like ornaments see. from yeah, ornaments for legendaries, literally. Like uh, there's one that I see sometimes that's like for the knowing hunger. It's an ornament for a legendary. I think it came out in that season. Right. Um, yeah, I see it sometimes. Drifter. When I see it, it's like okay, this guy's been playing for a long time. Like he loves, he's you know a hundred thousand kills on the knowing hunger, whatever. Like if 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 he would get you know a, a, an adept Shayura's wrath. But then I would see a flawless player with the with the ornament for it. I'd be like, "Ooh, that guy's like an actual 
you know, like real end game PvP guy because he grinded for it. And um, if I if you see me with my regular Shayuras, you'll be like, oh, okay, he got carried. Or I mean, just saying, like as an example. But I feel like legendary ornaments would be like an amazing way to to you know entice people like Will. Yeah, and, and if you like, if you want to keep those flawless players at the end game, you're gonna have to give them an incentive, right? Like, the, like for example, Rob, you and I both, you know, we've done the raid multiple times. We don't need anything from it, but the only re- reason we keep playing is because of Vex. Yeah. Well, so, so actually, so so as a side tangent, I was actually talking to Scotty after our raid last night. Uh, and I've gotten to the point because the the groups that the guys that we were playing with last night, right? Photon, that was like his second clear. Yeah, and second Ryan clear, yeah. and Ryan, that was first his first time. clear. Like I've I've kind of gotten to the point where like yeah, I still want Vex obviously because that's literally the only thing preventing me from getting the Fate Breaker title. Uh, and just because it's it's Vex, you know, it's like so iconic and and I'm on fifty four lootable clears now, which is awesome. Um, <laughs> but like I I've I've gotten I've gotten to the point where it's like okay. I'm, eventually i'll get it i hate not knowing when um and it, it like i'm definitely getting burned out on running that raid but it's like at sure. this point at this point i'm just doing atheon clears except for in instances last night where we were getting you know two people through we'll say their first clear even though photon it was a second clear um and now i'm finding kind of a renewed interest in uh wanting to do vault um, by trying to find new ways to be interested in playing it. And I think that's kind of like my thing now is I had a lot of fun last night trying to get too, those guys sure. through. And it, it was definitely like it took, you know, two or three times longer than it probably needed to. <laughs> but it what? Yeah, it was a, it was a new kind of challenge. And that's something that I actually want to improve on just kind of personally is like I've never had to like Sherpa people through a raid before, but I want to kind of get better at it. So like when we were playing last night, it was like, this is a great opportunity for me to like kind of practice, like explaining the mechanics, trying to, you know, encourage people. And like, like, you know, at, at one point, um, like you were, you were, you were encouraging Ryan by, by telling him he needed to have big dick energy and stuff like that. Like <laughs> that, that kind of stuff was so fun. Uh, and, yeah, and, time. and definitely like, you know, that, that's, that's the new carrot for me to chase. Like, I enjoy trying to like carry people, not carry people, but kind of like, you know, Sherpa Helping. people through Helping. through raids. Yeah, um, because great. because I'm certainly gonna get burned out real fast on vault if I'm just trying to get Vex and like because right, I've got sure. like I've got pinnacle cap at this point, so there's no reason for me to run through it. So now I'm just going through the motions of Atheon. So I need to find some new reason to want to keep going. And like last night was definitely one of those opportunities where it was really, really fun to 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 have a group of guys that had never done it before. And just and having like that that's what raids are all about. That's what trials is all about is like getting people excited about something they've maybe never done before and never accomplished. And and even if they only go flawless that one time, they're always going to remember. Like I only went flawless in Destiny One once, but I'll always remember oh, that will change this weekend. <laughs> well, that was only that was in Destiny One. Destiny two I've gone flawless before is um but it, like I'll always remember that experience, like the two guys that I played with, the map that it was. I remember the the weapon that I got. Like I'll always remember just like that whole experience because of like just kind of what it meant to me. And that's kind of the same thing. Is like people always remember their first raid. People always remember their first flawless card. Like yeah. you know, there, there's got to be other things to keep people playing this game. And like it's just it's weird. I don't know. That's that's my takeaway. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally get it. And like and playing with Robbie, man, like it was fun, man. Like. You know, he he never got that kind of stuff. Like he was like, I've never been past this kind of wins. But like 
was fun. It was exciting. Like I wanted to play well. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, it was it was like a better incentive than any kind of loot was, right? Like you want to help your friends. Like you want to, yeah. you know. So mm. I don't know. One thing to I, that you made me think of actually, because this happened today. Um, so I, I guess I'm also a bit burned out with with uh, Vault of Glass, and I only run it to help people that still need to get Vex of the right. people I know. And yeah, I also enjoy running raids and like sharpening them, kind of like teaching them, but mostly like Last Wish and, and DSE still, people who do those, because I, I find it that people who want to run those now is like, you know, they, they're in there for learning rather than just for pinnacles. Right. And, so, sure. and um, like one thing that we did today was we were like, okay, you know, I'm 1351, so I'm like nine levels under Atheon. It's, that's one thing I don't understand why they bumped the master difficulty by 10 levels with just basically gatekeeping everybody from Wait, doing it for like a did, month. Did they do that? Yeah, yeah they, they bumped did. it by 10 yep. levels. Oh, so no, we couldn't no. run master. Uh, so I have all these spoils, you know, burning a hole in my pocket that I have <laughs> nothing to spend on except time-lost weapons. But uh, it was hard because, you know, I was too low to do to do master. But now, now I'm not. And uh, unfortunately, we ran into the issue that most people are still not. So we tried to run it with 1340-somethings. And they were getting one-shotted. Um, right. You know, and that's the thing that I don't get about that. Because you were talking about day one raids. And yeah, they're so fun. They're incredible. It's like grandmasters of raids. And you only get to do it once, which is kind of a, a, a pity. Because um, Master is definitely not like that. Once you get to level high enough, it just becomes like normal, you know? It, it's not I haven't even hard made at a all. Master, so. So, so I, I was looking for groups to do Atheon just so I can, you know, get, get my spoils into something like some shotguns or something. And uh, people still doing challenge, which was kind of surprising. I guess a lot of people still need that, and that kind of makes sense. And um, the people who didn't on the groups I joined, they couldn't get it done. And uh, yeah, that that sucks. Like, why do you keep us from doing this thing that, that we did a bunch of times last season just because of literally level, you know? And it's not even like the level of your guns. It's like you literally need to, to be 1350. And, and the difference between 50 and 51 is like, you can be 1341 or 1350. And you take and do the same amount of damage at Atheon. But once you hit that 51, you get put into this next category where you, he's not red to you anymore or the enemies are not red to you anymore. Right. But to get to 51, you literally need like 220 levels of the season pass. So it's not even grinding pinnacles, you know? It's not even knowing how to do it. It's not even having friends that know how to do it. It's literally just playing a ton of bounties to get your season pass to a point where you don't even get anything for doing it. So that's like a really disappointing part of PvE right now. Yeah, well, we I mean, we talked about that when Master came out, where it's like, why... Like, it, it bears no, like, at a certain point, like, it, skill isn't a factor. It is just bounty grinding is the only, like, gate to kind of complete master. And, and it was the same thing. Yeah, as soon as you get that, as soon as you're less, nine or less power levels uh, from from the, the cap, then it's, like, only then is it really, like, doable. And I know you can do it lower than that, but it's, like, really the the difficulty level just steeply drops off as soon as you get over that threshold and yeah. it just i'm i don't know why they they did that 10 level bump again like it just yeah because for like the first 
like couple months, no one's going to engage in that activity unless you're kind of crazy. And I'm sure people did it the first week because they're crazy. Um, but it's like, I, I just don't know why they did. And we're going off on tangents. Robbie, yeah, we're, you got to leave, don't you? We're, ha- sorry, we're having a great conversation. I know, we are. I, yeah. I know. <laughs> we're actually, me and Robbie are actually agreeing on something PvP-wise. That's actually kind of crazy. <laughs> All right. Um, you want to play with me this weekend, Will? Yeah, I am. It's on record. Just to, uh, not even a question. You know. Wait. <laughs> okay. Uh, so we are back. We took a brief break. Uh, and to kind of close this off for the night, uh, we're going to have a brief discussion about Destiny 1 raids. Um, and Robbie and I, before Will joined us, while well, he joined kind of midway through the conversation, uh, talked about our favorite Destiny 2 raids. Uh, so I thought it'd be a cool opportunity for Will and I to talk about our favorite D1 raids. Now, uh, keep in mind, it's a much smaller pool, as in the span of uh, three years, we only got four raids for Destiny 1. And I think we have double that now in Destiny 2, or more than double that. Um, so it is, you know, quite a, a smaller discussion. Um, but at the end of the day, there's some endearing parts of the Destiny 1 raids. So I already know what Will's answer is, but I will let him uh, kind of open the floor. So, Will, what is your favorite Destiny 1 raid, and why is it Wrath of the Machine? <laughs> um, Wrath is the best raid in Destiny history because the weapons actually cater towards the raid. They're unique and the raid doesn't make you do DPS from one spot for the whole entire time. So, okay. those are those are my thoughts on that. Uh, so, what um, is your, what is your favorite encounter from that raid? Oh, Axis Phase Two. Not even close. Okay. I had Axis Phase Two down to a Q with uh, a Death Burning Eye. Ah. Um, yep. Yep. That was my thing. That was my go-to. And then just like. I mean, to run around the map and you get your super from an extra mechanic in the game is just, yep. I don't know, something about it, man. It's just hit different. Oh, that's um, right. So, so Burning Eye had the whole thing where it could one shot one shot shanks. Yeah, yep. you put a certain barrel, I think it was on it. Yeah, you, you had one shot shanks out of the door. Yeah, and just like the whole aesthetic of the raid is just crazy. Like it's so cool. So, yep. I don't know, and like even Siege Engine like fun you had to bring parts up to a thing to fix it and then like you jump off a ledge like man yep that raid was just incredible and it did and have out- outbreak prime so it did it did and that was like the best puzzle in destiny history um yep. and then on top of that like with the um yeah just like having to move you actually had to move you didn't have to dps for like one spot yep so i think that us also helped it um, I hope they come out with it in um, here. What? Where are we in? Five? You're five? Yes, I think so. so I, like, I I saw like a Reddit post that said like, which queen will have like a bunch of mechanics. So hopefully, um, Wrath will come out, and it's more of like a you know you can move while doing mechanics. Um, so yeah, if if Wrath comes back in five, I'm in there for sure. Okay. So curious about yours though. Yeah, so so we briefly talked about this last night. Um, I think I'll definitely blame it on we'll, we'll use the word nostalgia, although I hate it. Um, I will say it was not the first raid that I completed, um, but I think Vault of Glass might be my favorite. Um, but I do think that I agree with you in that Wrath of Machine is probably the superior raid. Uh, 
I think the weapons that they made for it were all really excellent. Like Ether Nova, the fusion rifles, definitely like still one of my favorites. Um, all of the weapons have that cool sound whenever you proc the ability on it, uh, which is just like it's so so satisfying. Uh, Chaos Dogma is definitely one of my favorite fusion rifle or not fusion scout rifles. Um, and then that was the uh, that was the first, if I'm not mistaken, the first auto rifle that we got that had Firefly. Um, which was awesome and really, really satisfying. So all the weapons are like phenomenal from Wrath of the Machine. I do agree that the mechanics are better. And and Wrath of the Machine is a perfect example of if you have a solid team who can master the mechanics, you are rewarded by being able to complete Axis Phase 2 more efficiently. Like you mentioned, there's that additional mechanic that uh, was also part of the challenge mode uh, where you had to kind of slam that plate with the extra tar- charge. Uh, and that would give everyone their super back so you could like, you know, you could get it done even faster. So you were rewarded with like mastery of the mechanics. And yeah, there's a lot more action oriented. Um, I think the one thing that I don't like about Wrath of the Machine is if you're playing with a not so experienced team. Axis phase two can get a little dicey and uh, can get a little hairy at times in that people start talking over each other. They start panicking it can kind of spiral out of control pretty quickly because, you know, like there's there's just kind of a lot going on. Um, and it's the same reason we were talking also last night why I'm not a huge fan of Crown of Sorrow because that that final encounter really kind of forces you to talk a lot over each other. Uh, and it, I think it just sort of is like kind of a function of the mechanics, whereas Wrath of the Machine can suffer from that problem. But if you've got a competent team, you can you can very easily one or two phase it like comfortably. And it's very, very rewarding. The weapons are cool kind of the experience of like climbing through the wall in the Cosmodrome to get to the top. Uh, it's just thematically, it's an awesome raid. Uh, but with that being said, I think Vogue still is kind of like, I'll always have like a spot in my heart for that. Uh, just because kind of for that same reason, like thematically, it's really cool that you start on the surface of Venus. You have to summon this like door spire. Uh, and then you just very quickly start descending down into like the depths and uh, like when we were playing Vogue last night, just that that kind of final jumping puzzle area before you go into the actual vault of glass itself, just that just giant, giant ravine and chasm and like there's that gate off in the distance and there's just so much like we didn't know about the raid when it first came out. And it's just very, very cool. Um, and I think that they did a half decent job of sort of updating it with Destiny 2 uh, and keeping it going. Uh, by kind of introducing new mechanics and making it slightly more complicated. It definitely has not aged as well uh, as I was hoping it would, um, because there are certain parts of the mechanics that are just, like, very archaic compared to, like, something that we have from, like, Deepstone Crypt or Last Wish. Um, But it is still certainly very engaging uh, and fun. Um, But the TLDR is, I think I agree with you, Will, Wrath is probably the better raid, um, but I think my favorite is going to be Vault and always will be. Yeah, I think like nostalgia definitely plays into that raid for oh, yeah. sure. Totally. Um, like the first raid that like wowed me, per se, was definitely King's Fall. King's Fall was just like, this is huge. You know, we're going to kill a fucking god, right? Right. Yeah. So, yeah. I... Like, like that raid in general was just massive. Like you actually feel like you were going to do something like big. So. It it also had kind of a cool tie in with the the campaign. Like you do you you do regicide 
and he like takes himself and disappears and then you kind of go and finish the fight by like pursuing right. him deep into his dreadnought i think thematically i think there are parts of that raid that are really really cool but then you've got the actual orcs fight and the sisters encounter and that kind of suffers from the exact opposite problem of what uh wrath of the machine has going for it and that the orcs fight always takes the exact same amount of time, regardless of how good sure. your team is. Sure, and that for sure. Kind of sucks. Like, there's no like real mastery of the mechanics in a sense that, like, you know, you're rewarded. Gap. Yeah, you're rewarded by having like better coordination. It's like, no, as long as you can kind of slog through four rounds of blowing up the blights, like you get you get the exact same effect. And same with All the right. sisters. Like, you have to do two cycles of that. Um, and it's it's just kind of a bummer. Like. But I think thematically, yeah, Wrath of the Machines is really, really cool. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, Kuroda's End? Um, I wasn't a big fan. Like, it was a cool encounter. Like, the vibe is super cool. Like, where you go to is super cool. But, like, mechanics were... I mean, it, it's more of a dungeon for me. Like, yep. we, did, we didn't have dungeons in D1, but, like, it, like if I had to sum it up now, it was it was definitely a dungeon. So, I I, I, ho- I hope they bring it back as that. I'll be I'll be super down for that. Um, but yeah, R- Wrath will just never. Man, okay. It wasn't like super hyped up. Like it was just like you know it's here you go go in there. And it was just so good. Like the weapons for that raid are insane. Like for the, for that raid, like what right. the trout like or what the raid weapons should be. Um, and like. The aesthetic for sure like the led you know technology aesthetic was just crazy yeah. i don't know i fell in love with it i really did fair enough um, how many how many completions did you say you had 156 there you go that should that should be a testament to uh how much you actually enjoyed that, that the next most i had was eight with king's fall <laughs> seriously yeah that's awesome okay very seriously <laughs> but like like king's fall like wasn't a bad raid right it was a good raid. It just like wasn't very replayable because the weapons were kind of meh. Yeah, mechanics were kind of boring. Like as far as like grand scheme, like feeling like you're in a raid, King's Fall nailed it, hundred percent. Fair enough. So, yeah. okay. I mean, like Vogue was good, but by that time, like everything was kind of you know, X wasn't OP as it used to be in year one, and then right. Yeah, so I, I think Vex or um, I'm sorry. I think um, Vault uh, has too much standing around. I agree. Um, I agree. Kind of defend defending things like not as many mechanics, I guess. Right. But I, th- I think Wrath captures both King Ball and Vex in a good amount. So yeah, that's fair. That's why for me, it's like the best raid of all time. Okay. Can I ask you something? Or, if actually, they oh, bring oh. that one back. Because you know how they said they're going to bring one back? Right. Um, if they bring that one back, uh, what do you think they would change? Like, kind of how they did I, I really don't think you need to change much, to be honest. Like, uh, maybe, like, health pools on bosses, depending on artifacts and, like, you know, Vorpal and all that kind of shit. But I, I, I don't know. I mean, like... I, I really could just see the kind of like what they did with Vogue. The the part that I don't like in Destiny 2 is they added the the champions. I think that they yeah. didn't need to do that. Sure. And all it all it does is kind of like force you to use bows 
in two of the encounters. Like that's kind of all it does. In, in... But, but that comes back to the point that like you shouldn't be locked into certain weapons for the whole entire season. Exactly. Or, exactly. No. Exactly. And and what worries me is it would be so easy to just throw overload captains and barrier sure. servitors in Wrath of the Machine. And, and I hope that they don't do that because like, I, it's yeah. not doing the right justice. I agree. I agree. Because I, I don't think it worked for Vogue. Um, that's like the one thing that I think really does hurt it. I, I I like that they expedited some of the like the the encounters, like the confluxes doesn't take nearly as long. I like that they added the wyverns, like because there's that kind of like they'll quickly try to do a dive bomb towards it, like that kind of stuff is okay with me. Uh, changing some of the mechanics, making the oracles on Atheon a little more complex, like I think that that kind of stuff is great. But I don't even think they needed really tweak any of the mechanics for Wrath. Like all of that has aged pretty well. Um, and, and I, cause I, I want to say I did a wrath maybe about a year and a half ago and it was still fun. It was great. Um, like every, like it felt like riding a bike, all the, all the mechanics are very intuitive. Uh, and I think that it would, I think that it would work really, really well, uh, in the current landscape and yeah, maybe making some of the, the bosses have more health cause we do a, a crap ton of damage now. With yeah. Everything. We, we kind of fry stuff now. Like, like I'm just thinking like particle deconstruction on like, you know, on axis phase two is like would be hilarious um but yeah no i i think i think you could you could probably do the least amount of tweaking on that one um whereas like king's fall i don't know i just i i don't want to sit there and do four rounds of blights over and over again sure it's just it feels like such a slog like i like I like like last night when we were playing that raid, I like that we were able to two phase Atheon when we finally got the mechanics down because it just like it felt so it was satisfying. rewarding. Yeah, because it's, it's like, like, wow, we actually our damage output was was good. Um, so, I, I, yeah, I don't, oh, I, I want them to change that because it's just kind of not rewarded for being better at something. You just kind of have to go through like the, the phases as right. they are. Yep. Um. I hope also like whatever raid they bring back. I hope like the the raid weapons are like actually like worth it. You know. Yeah. Um, I think Wrath suffered suffered less than um, Kingsfall did, but I want the weapons to be like worth the time, worth the grind. So. Oh yeah, for sure. I think the only Wrath of the Machine weapon, or not Wrath, Kingsfall weapon that I still have is defiance of yasmin the sniper yep that like, sniper was op that, that sniper was really good it felt so good and it had such a clean like open scope like it felt like the a clean really, scope yeah, yeah you could see everything for yeah. sure yep. it felt like a really 100%. dirty scout rifle like oh i i tried to use like zayulis zayulis yeah zayulis bane or whatever i tried to use them trials can be one oh my yeah hit a shot to one time and you're looking at the ceiling yep yep we don't need to talk about that. Yeah, that thing was awful. Uh, but the armor, like, for Age of Triumph was sick. Yeah, well, that's because the ornaments were so good. All right, we're going down we memory lane. Back. We need ornaments back in D. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's, that's, that goes back to the Trials conversation. It's like, yeah, for put, sure. put flawless ornaments right. in there. We need more endgame, endgame content. Yeah. I hope it's the one you're saying, because if they do the same thing with Vogue and make, like, I don't know if they're going to call them Time Lost again, but whatever the no, adept name they have, I hope they have some some good weapons from whatever's coming. Yeah, I like agree. When, when Wrath comes out, if it ever comes out, I'm going to run that whenever. 
We should do a day one stream. Maybe that would be fun. Down, no shot. I mean, like I'm, I'm in there, hundred <laughs> percent. I'm not ready like the back of my hand. So, all right, we have uh, romanticized raids long enough uh, and trials long enough. Uh, do you guys have any last thoughts about anything we talked about? Uh, please nerf Shatterdive, and that's all I have. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, how is Shatterdive still as? stupidly broken as it is like i don't even get me started i i cannot believe that it's like so broken yeah Yeah. so broken yeah and for me the one thing that i would say is uh and i mentioned this at some point i think that uh the mods that were you know trials exclusive most of them are gone and they will be dropping from both uh, Grandmasters and Master version of Vault of Glass except for Adepticarus which makes sense because that one is pretty much a PvP mod in the end just how Adept Big Ones is a PvE mod so now those are the only two exclusives and uh, yeah I'm glad to to see that happening and I think the only one that doesn't get uh PvE version is the sword. There's no PvE adept sword yet, so the impact mod only works for Sola Scar. But um, yeah, yep. Now we can use the other mods on the on like the Vault of Glass rocket launcher and stuff. If you never you know get the mod from Trials, yeah, so that, go. that I think that's cool. a good change. Yep, yeah, it's a good change for sure. Is that is that any better though than adept big one spec? Like, is one gonna do more damage than the other? Which like if you have the impact mod or whatever the or no the, impact is only for swords. Not impact. I'm sorry. Um, explosive velocity. Velocity. Isn't velocity yet? Velocity. No. I mean That's the the fun. good thing about big one spec and not only for like rocket launchers and stuff is that so when you run a gun for GMs, uh, sometimes you want one with Vorpal because that right. that hits the champions better. Um, but then like. What you do is run Vorpal and Major spec because champions are considered mini bosses and majors at the same time. Kind of weird, but not bosses. So, big one spec is basically major spec and boss spec together. So, whatever you're running that's adept, even if it's a primary weapon, will hit harder both champions and the boss. If right. You need that. So it just yep, it, but it, it makes but, it better for DPS. But is there a is there a mod an adept mod for rocket launchers? Yeah, there Cold is there's a blast Index. radius. Velocity. Blast radius, okay. Yeah, but but is blast radius good? Is it velocity or blast radius? Uh, there's yeah, there's both. There's both. But is all I'm getting at is either one of those better than adept big ones? I think it depends no. what you want it for, Definitely honestly. Because a shot. If if you're using the rocket launcher for boss DPS, yeah, sure, go big one spec. But a lot of the times, honestly, I'm running a cluster rocket launcher for Rat Clear. So okay. that's you know. fair. That's fair. All right. So maybe there's okay, so utility. One, one one quick question: We have an adept accuracy mod in the game, but we can't actually use it because we don't have any adept bows. Correct. Bones. Yep. So funny. Wait, 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 wait. wait. This mod. We, we can't even use this mod. Do you have it? Yeah, I have, I have every mod in the game because I've I've done GMs on okay. Fallus. Like we can't even use it because we, we don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> it's a placeholder. Something's gonna what come. What the hell? Yeah. 
Okay, so we have adept blast radius, adept charge time, adept counterbalance, adept draw time, which we still can't use. Adept handling, adept Icarus, adept mag, adept impact, adept projectile speed. Does adept charge time affect damage? Or is no, it does? It doesn't. Yes, no, sure. it doesn't. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. So if you have a charge masterwork, it does decrease damage. But if you have a adept a charge time mod, it does not decrease damage. A hundred percent confirmed. I had the doubt actually this week. Okay, yeah. I, know I, that. It, it's, I can um, put a a picture for you guys later, but it was in one of the um, uh, hot fixes or traps or something. Yep, it does okay. not affect so damage. We, yeah. we can adapt the bow that could actually be pretty cracked with these mods. Huh. Maybe we'll give them we'll trials. For... Please stop talking. <laughs> I'm down for an adept bow, but like only good in PvE, not PvP. I mean, that's the only place I could see them making an adept bow is something in that. trials. Please well, because stop. well, okay, but there there was no bow in Vault of Glass, and there was no bow in in Destiny One, and that's where all of like the all the GM weapons are coming from. So, like the only yeah, source. I, yeah, all of them are coming from G One. Yeah. Yeah. One last question for you, Will, before we, you know, go on another side tangent. Uh, what do you feel about this? Because this was the one that really, like, I, I didn't like it at all. People who play with Lemon Arc and a Quick Draw Hand Cannon and just like instantly to tap you. I like, hate they're that. They're using that. That, that bow, wait, the Wish Ender, right? The one that like, gives you wall hacks. Yeah. I detest that playstyle. I bag it every single time. Oh, um, any yeah. Anytime someone uses like a cheesy strat, I just I don't I can't. I'm not, like I'm I'm not getting outplayed. I'm getting out cheesed. Yeah, so that's my yeah. opinion. Like I nothing's oh. gonna change that. I think it's cheesy as hell. If you like playing that, then you know go for it. But it's corny as fuck. So well, it's like it's like using in Destiny One using like sticky nades to just one hit. Yeah, you like you have a wall hack, a free wall hack, and then you. Can swap weapons faster because of a perk not because you're actually hitting you know i don't know uh, yeah all right I let's 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 end tilting. it here yeah <laughs> we can we yeah. can have that for another conversation what what tilts will the most in people? dude I, I i play that this weekend oh that my tilted God, me just it. to see yeah it's it's tilting as fuck because yeah. you're getting out cheesed so yeah yeah uh, all right, everyone. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, hopefully next week we'll be back to a kind of more standard uh, setup. And we will probably also try to stream uh, next podcast as well. So hopefully you guys can tune in uh, and catch us live. Uh, and again, we'll try to probably do like a Q&A uh, for that as well, if there's enough people kind of watching the stream while we're, while we're powering through it. Uh, but until next time, thanks for joining us for Eventide Radio. And we'll catch you next time. Ciao. Have a good one. Bye questions comments or something else you want to say email us at eventideradio at gmail.com or get in touch with us at any of our twitter handles all of which can be found in our podcast description